1: Welcome to Western Contours podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Hey guys, I sat down with Garrett Weaver of On Point. We get into a whole mess of topics, everything from building your platform, why it's important that we stand together, An unbiased approach and we had to of course hit staying in your lane if you are around the kids put your headphones in enjoy the episode so we're on with mr garrett weaver garrett man i greatly appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you man thank you for uh taking your time
2: yeah it's mutual it's it's awesome to see how good your podcast is doing dude and and um Pleasure meeting you at Hoodoo, and I'm glad to be here. Yeah,
1: absolutely, man. Um, so I'm going to keep it to the norm. I'll kiss your ass in a little bit here. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I would be shocked if folks didn't know who you are. Um, but why don't you give us a little bit of intro and uh, talk about yourself?
2: Well, um, basically, just Oregon born and raised. Um, started a YouTube channel a few years ago and uh, kind of snowballed into what I'm doing now, which is uh, On Point. And On Point is really taking over the YouTube and it's also a podcast. So like you, I have a, a hunting podcast. I try and help people with their archery setups, but um, On Point is is broader than that. We're going to branch out into rifles and muzzleloaders and fitness. And it, it's going to be an all-inclusive, um, basically just how to become a better um, hunter and, and really all the facets of somebody's life. And, and um, yeah, just enjoy helping people, love bow hunting and, uh, love rifle hunting too, but you know, bow hunting is where my heart's at. So that's where we help people the most.
1: So with that, uh, with the bow hunting, with the rifle, just the outdoor experience, where did that, uh, where did that start for you?
2: Uh, probably like most of us out there, just, you know, my earliest memories, <laughs> they're, they're all out in the woods, uh, with my dad hunting, grew up hunting and, um, no one in my family really grew up bow hunting. Uh, so I kind of learned it all on my own and, and, um, had a few help, a uh, little help from people here and there, but, um, pretty much just like all of us born and raised, uh, hunting in the woods and, and just enjoy it. It's, it's just part of who I am.
1: Heck yeah, man. Oh, so you, you brought up on point and the archery and, and here we mm-hmm. go with the ass kissing, right? And we, and we talked <laughs> about it before. I've told you multiple times your, your podcast and your YouTube channel, um, in my opinion, right. And, Uh, is I must just say fucking phenomenal, dude. Um, (laughs) I I really like what, what I appreciate the most is the unbiased approach. And and for me, that's important, right? There's a lot of, Mm -hmm. a lot of marketing and guys fall into those traps, but everything that I've seen and heard out of you, yeah, there's some opinion, um, which is important, right? If it works for you, you like it, whatever, um, but why, but why the unbiased approach? Why is that important to your platform?
2: For me, um, it, you know, the platform started, I, and I've said this a few different times on, on, um, other podcasts, it started from a really selfish point. So we might as well get that out, you know, you know, in the air, I started, you know, the YouTube channel at a point where I'm like, I, you know, it'd be sure, sure, cool to get discovered on YouTube, you know, kind of thing and get picked up by a bow company and start shooting, you know, just the dream kind of thing. And, uh, so I, I started coming out with these long range videos and, and just there was no end user benefit, not teaching anybody anything, just a very selfish kind of show off kind of mentality. And then people started asking, well, how are you doing that? You know, like good job for you, but how are you doing that? I want to do that. And then, um, it kind of just snowballed into taking the, you know, the spotlight off myself and just honestly just helping as many people as as we can. And, uh, that's really where the, the channel started. But, um, I guess I guess what was the actual question here? Because I I got I got lost and in, in just making sure that I had to bring myself back down to ground level. <laughs> I
1: don't know. We could rewind it and I could uh, try and remember. Because oh, I to, uh, hey man, you're gonna have to forgive me. I'm like you know I'm I'm recording. With <laughs> Weaver, man. Oh uh, shit. <laughs> so hopefully uh, hopefully it's not PG 13
2: the whole way through because I I no, I dude, may cuss everyone.
1: I, so. <laughs> I started early because I knew you were gonna hold back, wondering if you had uh, grounds to just go off and. Um okay. but, but what I was asking is why the why the unbiased approach? Why is that? Important oh, OK, the there platform? it is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I even got on that uh, rabbit hole. So the unbiased approach is there's a lot of guys out there that have an angle. Um, you know, they, they have some sort of agenda. They are biased, even if they don't know it. And, you know, I, I am biased. I am biased towards what works. I'm biased towards accuracy. I'm biased towards reliability, duplicatability. I'm reliable. I'm, I am biased towards good equipment. And so that is my bias that, you know, so I weed out the crap. I find out what doesn't work. So other people don't have to, I know what it feels like to lose an animal. I know what it feels like to make a shot, have the arrow not go where your pin was and wonder what the hell just happened. I, 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 I know how that is. And so my biggest thing is if I can remain unbiased and I can give the best information to my personal limits and, and, and get people that know more than me on my show, then I'm going to, I'm going to prevent that experience from some, for somebody else. I'm going to prevent somebody's failure out in the woods and help speed up their learning curve. And that, that for me, um, is huge. And, and because if I'm biased towards a 125 grain Exodus, but yet you're shooting a 40 pound bow with a 380 grain arrow, that's not going to be the breast broadhead for you. But since I'm biased and that is a good broadhead, I'm I'm not doing you any favors. So you have to be really open-minded. You have to have a lot of different angles when you make an opinion and you have to recognize when you do have a bias and, and I'm, I, I am straightforward. You know, I like spot hog. I shoot spot hog. I have shot them for years. Uh, they're a great site. I am biased towards spot hog. I like them. They're made in Oregon. They make a bulletproof site. Um, you know, but there's a lot of other good sites on the market. So, but I, I make sure people know that. Right. So that's, that's kind of where the bias, um, unbiasedness comes from is, is first of all, you got to be open. Second of all, people don't want to hear an advertisement and they're going to get pissed off if they figure out that you are feeding them some crap. And, uh, and, and just the unbiased thing is, is just really, that's become a trademark for why guys watch my videos. Um, I hear it all the time, you know, Hey, I just want to hear somebody that doesn't care, you know, you know, so um, hopefully that answers your question. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's super important in the industry, especially nowadays when everybody's affiliated with somebody.
1: Right. So, and I was going to go to that, has that hurt or hindered your growth with your platform in terms of, you know, companies or people, you know, kind of shunning it because everything is the latest and greatest hype. Yeah. Right. Let's call it what it is.
2: Right. Um, that's a really good question. So that kind of goes along with like the pro staff because many, many of the companies nowadays, they don't have to pay you, right? They, they, they straight up can get everything they need without paying you to push a product because they're going to have 15 guys that want to go out and push it for free, whether they've used it or not, whether, you know, whether they are pro staff, whether they're field staff, whether they have an affiliate link whatever it may be, uh, there's so much exposure for these companies nowadays because everybody wants to get in the hunting industry. And I get it. I do too. I'm right there next to them. Uh, I I think it's, I think it's a double-edged sword. I think it has hurt. And I, I think that, uh, you know, one of the, one of the corners that I've turned here recently is, you know, the, one of the many goals, but one of the leading goals of mine now for the, for producing content is I want to create a better consumer. I want to create a more competent, more educated, more self-sufficient consumer so people can can weed through these, these gimmicky products, these gimmicky advertisements, these sales pitches, all the pro staff opinions, all the biased opinions. If I can create a better consumer and I can tell people how to think, not what to think, what to look for, not you know, or, or how to look for it and and how to really dissect a product and help them with their thought process, then, you know, that's going to make a bigger difference than me telling somebody that this is a good product Mm -hmm. because I tested it. So, um, I, I honestly, I think it's hurt the industry. Um, but at the same time, it's created an opportunity for guys like me and for you that, you know, if you're willing to be honest and have an opinion and 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 just go straight for it, then people respect that and they're going to watch your stuff or consume your content. Right.
1: And 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 again, I'm you know, people will take it as ass kissing. I don't. I don't. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> but that is what keeps me listening to your podcast. Um, since I started mine, it I didn't realize going into this how time consuming it was going to be. Um, you know, before I was, I was just podcast after podcast after podcast. And then I started and it's yeah. like, fuck, I don't even have time to listen. Cause I'm, you know, either I'm <laughs> on the phone or I'm, you know what I mean? You're, you're, uh, for yes. me, I troll, right? So it's like, I'm going to troll and I'm gonna look at somebody and, and, you know, do my homework. I don't have fucking time to listen, but yours right. is one of the ones that I still listen to as consistently as I can because of all that, um, and it's kind of been you and I told you that it. Your numbers are freaking crazy. I mean, you're to me oh. you're the standard. So how I looked at it going in was okay. You have, I'm not going to even compare anybody to Joe Rogan, right? You, I yeah. know where you stand with Rogan. I stand right there. Um, yeah, I love Rogan. Beast yeah. mode. <laughs> so you look at you know I look at uh, I look at you. Um, you look at Kafaru cast um, gritty, things like that. And I'm looking at numbers and I'm like, okay, how do I compare myself to, you know, these guys? Right. And and mm-hmm. so I started looking, I'm going, okay, there's the rich outdoors, there's Garrett Weaver. And I'm like, fuck Garrett's the easiest one. So I started looking at numbers and doing averages and I'm like, holy shit, Garrett's blowing everybody just about out of the water. Right. I mean, oh. as far as a solid, just, just a standalone guy doing his thing. And I, mm-hmm. and I, it's staying in his lane, right? As you say all the time. Uh,
2: yeah, I was going to, I was going to, I was going to catch <laughs> you up there, Mike. I, I know those guys have millions probably of downloads. I, I don't really know. Um, oh, I, I, I know, I, <laughs> I know that, um, ours, and, and I, I mean, I don't want to get any credit. I don't deserve, obviously, but I, I, I think we're at like 50 something thousand downloads, which, you know, I was wanting to be way farther than that, but, um, you know, we're, we're performing better than, than a lot of the podcasts out there mm. for the age of our podcast, but we yeah. know we're producing more episodes as well. So, um, you know, I, have been doing three episodes a week, pretty damn consistently with, with a few gaps in between. But, um, you know, I, I plan on hitting a hundred thousand by the end of the year, which by no means is a rocket ship, you know, but, um, yeah. I mean, if, if that motivates you to go out and be like, dude, I can do that. Or, you know what, if Garrett's doing that good, I, I want to try and beat Garrett. You know, that, that is something that, that should totally motivate you. Or, um, you know, I, I totally agree, you know, um, that I, I've looked at other guys and, and I know the is like over 2 million, I think. And I know that cause they just posted it on Instagram, but they've been around for, I don't know, a few years now. Um, I think I'm not sure.
1: Well, but again, the difference that I see, is mm-hmm. there's a, and, and nothing, I'm not taking away from what they're doing. They do a phenomenal job, but there mm-hmm. is a, mm-hmm. there's a backing there uh in the retail space. So for me, oh, it yeah. wasn't apples to apples, right? I'm looking at, oh, you know, I see. just a dude that's just doing his thing and grinding. Uh Yeah. Cause three episodes a week, man, that's what I was doing. I was doing four when I was doing the collective episodes um mm-hmm. for Kong Valley. And you want to talk about <laughs> zero time um and now i'm <laughs> yeah. doing the three a week it's actually two two recordings and then i have my partnership with eca that uh you know i do the feature friday for michael mm-hmm. um which man, was it
2: a time good move. <laughs> good move on your part i i remember when i when i made i'm like that was a smart move <laughs> i was like i was when you when you when you when i first saw that i was like Fuck! I should
1: have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was I was fu- like, "That
2: is a good move."
1: <laughs> I don't know if you know the story on how that came about. Um, so, I, you know, I'm a newer elk hunter. I've been I started my elk journey last year, but I've been hunting for 20 years. My 21st season, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm consuming as much elk information as I can. So I'm on ECA and I'm watching the Wapiti Wednesdays, a live Q and A that Michael does, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there watching, and he, you know, he starts going, "Hey, you know, just everybody, I." um don't have a lot of time for podcasts but i've been listening to them and uh check this one out you know it's like guys sitting around the campfire blah 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 western contours dude i about shit in my pants uh, <laughs> i was like what what and i think i i don't know where i was in downloads at the time right i mean when you first start you're looking at um you know oh i hit 100 oh my god i'm at 250 Right. And, and you're con, I mean, every single day you're just consumed by the numbers and it just freaked me out, dude. I don't know how I I might've been at a thousand downloads or something like that at that point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm all wild and, and I'm not a starstruck (laughs) guy, but there's guys like yourself that I just respect in the industry. And when that happened, Michael's one of those guys, um, he's unbiased in his approach, you know, the, the Mm -hmm. same qualities, um, Mm -hmm. So then he posted like two days later, hey, should I make the Wapiti Wednesday Q&A available on a podcast platform? And I was about to hit yes, and I go, oh, shit, no, pump the brakes. Sent the DM, I'm like, dude, (laughs) I got you covered on this. And he was like, huh? And I said, look, you're already platform heavy and have a lot going on. I'm set up, and I know how I can get quality audio and extract your Wapiti Wednesdays, and I'll run this for you. And man, it was like, he said, yeah, you know, we talked a little bit and he was like, all right, I'm all in. And I'm like, hell yes, man. Hell yes. Yeah. So it yeah. was, it was twofold though, right? To be honest about it, it was beneficial for me to partner up with Michael, um, get that exposure through his platform and grow my platform, get the numbers. Um, and it was just super cool. That I was able to take, you know, work with a guy that I respect in in in, in hunting. I'm, I hate saying the hunting industry. Um, mm-hmm. I know you have some opinion about that too, but <laughs> <laughs> I do. But you know, each each to his own. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, I mean, for me, I, okay, let's just talk about it because okay. I, I get it. Right? It is. It is a hunting for me, and this is where I stand. It, there, it is a hunting industry. Um, yeah. It's there. It's it's a business, or there's businesses, and it's there. Um, right. for financial gain, for me, I don't consider myself part of the hunting industry, right? I'm just a dude with a microphone that, uh, yeah. And, and like you, and I appreciate you keeping it real and hindsighting yourself. And I don't think that that was a arrogance thing that you were trying to do something to stand out, to get gains and get in that, you know, get in the industry. Right. Cause mm-hmm. mine started out the same way. Right. How do I do this? How do I break into this? Um, right. So I don't think that that's an arrogance thing, but I understand it. But for me, it's more, at least on my platform, it's me about looking outside of the normal box for all the other stories that are out there that we don't get to hear. And that Mm. was something I felt was slightly missing in podcast as I listen and listen and listen. It's like, what about, you know, what about that little story? What about that little guy? And it just seemed like a hole to me. Uh, Mm -hmm. But again, I, you know, I understand it's a business, it is industry, um, it's necessary. Um, but yeah, that's where I stand on that.
2: Yeah. The, the, the thing I am, I'm guessing you're talking about the lethal podcast we did. Um, yeah. So the, the, and I don't, I don't necessarily have a, I don't have a problem with calling it the hunting industry at all. Like it's just, it's, I find it funny when guys are like, they'll correct you or they're like, ah that's such a dirty word. It's like, well, what do you want me to call it then, man? Like unicorns and freaking rainbow (laughs) industry. Like, I I mean, we, we, we we're we're hunters. We're in an industry. Like, is it, is it a bad word to say the fishing industry? Cause I just don't get the same blowback. Like that's, that's, you know, like I, I don't know the outdoor industry, I guess. Cause that, that doesn't get blowback, but the hunting industry that, that gets blowback and I just don't understand it. It's like, there's so many, more important issues out there and we're stuck on this this word and <laughs> it just seems I laugh at it i think it's i think it's it's funny but um you know i i feel dirty about it when i'm taking <laughs> a photo for it right. like you know what i'm saying like i i about a year and a half ago i was really trying to build the instagram and i'm like taking photos out there and my hunting partners like giving me some weird looks and i'm like you know, what am I doing here? Am I taking this for myself or am I taking this for Instagram, for likes, for shares, for, you know, like, why am I taking this thing? And I'm like, if I didn't have a goddamn Instagram, this picture wouldn't even exist. Like I, this, I would be more focused on killing something. I'd be more focused on that bugle going off or my hunting partner, you know, doing something cool. Or like, I would be more focused in the moment then I am worried about getting likes on on a man-made platform that literally if you die, no one, you know, like if you deleted it tomorrow, no one would care. Like if I, if I wasn't trying to get into the hunting industry, I would probably not have an Instagram. I probably wouldn't even have a Facebook. Um, you know, I, I don't have a Twitter. I, I just, I don't know. I, I just feel like people need to pick their battles, I guess, when it comes to semantics and
1: well, and there's such, yeah, that, that brings up i mean you brought up a couple things but when we start talking about that it brings up a whole other can of worms right because we are our own worst fucking enemy when it comes yeah. to pointing the finger or scrutinizing and you know talking shit talking down to and that's one of the things that i've been trying to break through in my own way slowly but surely is what the fuck guys why does it matter <laughs> why does it fucking matter right you know it, it's just it's stupid man
2: well i use the analogy all the time and if if we're talking about the, the you know building wedges and and hunter unification and a hunting community um which i think is where you're going with that um is you know i i bring up the vegan analogy i use all the time it's like vegans are unified. Anti hunters are unified. You know, you don't have a, a a vegan saying, um, well, you know, it's okay because he killed a cat in Oregon and and they're overpopulated, but the Puma in South America, that's just, you know, like they're, they they are against hunting. They are against meeting like, Oh, that's a Siamese cat. Well, you know, if it was a Bengal, I wouldn't care. You know, like I, that's not what the conversations they're having. They're all thinking that we're big pieces of crap. They're all unified. They're all on the same page. And it's just, we need need to be unified like they are. And we need to quit caring about what each other's doing so much. If I'm not breaking the law, right? If I'm not hurting the population, if I'm being responsible, if I'm being sustainable with my hunting, then we should be on the same page. And you know, I've seen it very recently where you'll have somebody say, uh, they'll have a video of guys shooting 100, 120 yards. And they're like, that's not hunting. I'm like, okay, with a bow. They're shooting 120 yards and killing shit. I'm like, okay. Well, he went out and he killed an animal with a bow. That's hunting. And right. so, what, yeah, I'm like, so what yardage? Tell me the exact yardage it quit becoming hunting at like, 40 yards. That's, yeah,
1: that's the fucking answer. Everybody
0: hollers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you, I've only shot the majority of my animals. And this is, this is, um, this this is not a brag it's actually an anti brag it's 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 an area that i'm working on but my average shot is over 40 yards it is probably 50 to 60 yards is my average shot would i like it to be closer hell yeah i would like it to be closer i shot an animal at 17 yards last year and then i sh- and then a day the day before that i shot an animal at 92 so You know, bash me, I guess, if you want, because well, that guy can't get close to an animal. Well, the day after I shot the one at ninety-two yards, I went and shot a one at seventeen. So, you know, both of those, it sure felt like hunting to me. (laughs) (laughs) I I I, I got the adrenaline rush way more at seventeen yards, and I think that's that that it more encapsulate what bow hunting is about. But you know, that wind is if you're ninety-two yards from a buck, you're still going to get screwed on that wind. I mean, you're still battling a lot of the same. Um, you know, you have to overcome a lot of the same hurdles on a stock. Granted, everything becomes more important at 17 yards. You can still get tripped up on the wind or noise or a movement at 92 on a deer. Like there's a lot of similarities there. And, and, and it's just that little tiny, that 5%, that 10% that, that is different is, is all the difference in the people that care. It just, it just seems silly. It just is, it is silly.
1: I was going to say it really is. And, and for me, I've always looked at that as you're saying 40 yards, but I think that holds back to old technology, right? The effectiveness Mm. of the equipment that was available whenever that number came about. Now Mm -hmm. for a guy to go out and put in the work and grind and, and learn his equipment, right? That bow Mm -hmm that arrow trajectory and have the capability of shooting 72 yards, 90 yards on an animal. It's a personal choice. Um, And then you you talk about, you know, having those effects at 17 yards. Well, you start looking at what happens out at 92. Well, you have Mm -hmm. a lot more time for that arrow to be affected by the wind and everything, you know what I mean? Mm Crosswind, it might be doing something at you. Mm -hmm. it's sort of comparable to, you know, long range shooting versus, you know, average guy shooting, I'll call it. Um, but it's still hunting, man. It's still hunting.
2: It is still hunting. And you know what, the guys that shoot long range, um, with the, with the rifle, the, like my, the guys that I know that are good at it, I would, I would rather have them shoot a thousand yards at a 12 inch gong than a guy shooting the, twice a year, three times a year with factory core locks at 400 yards, at a a two foot gong. Like there's a difference there. And that's the guy that's going to criticize the other guy. Come on. So, you know, there's different levels to everything. There's different aspects. There's, there's just so many different angles. It's just like, man, we need to get on team hunt. Like we need to get on team whatever. And just all rally around that because there is like 97% of the population that eats meat. There's about 14 to 15% of the U S population that hunts. So we have a huge market that believes in eating meat that doesn't hunt. And so that is our winning demographic. That right there is what's going to keep our hunting rights. And if you don't think that, you know, people are listening, if you don't think that it's possible to win those over, um, you can definitely lose them. Look at look at BC Grizzly hunting, right? Look at look at what just happened in South Dakota. I had somebody message me um today, a buddy of mine, saying, Oh, well, they just changed the <laughs> if you're a non-resident, you just got screwed. And if you like hunting in South Dakota, you just got screwed. Um, long story short, because there's a whole month I think where you can't hunt public land on on South Dakota if you're a non-resident. So um, yeah, you're stuck to private land. And and you know, it's just you have to be on team hunt. Like that is not that That, that to me, I, I'd have to research it to have more of an opinion, but stuff like that happens when you're not on team hunt, you know, that's, that's divide and conquer.
1: And that's not good. Oh yeah. And they're good at it, man. I mean, once we lose it, it's not coming back once it's gone, yeah. it's gone forever. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at,
2: look what happened on the grizzly bear hunt that was supposed to happen down in um, the lower 48 for the first time in forever. Political, I mean, the judge got so much... I'm guessing he was either um, an anti-hunter or he got enough pushback from from the anti-hunters that he's like, I'm not touching this. Like, no. So we lost. We lost there. We're losing with the wolves too. We're getting our asses kicked 10 to 1 with the wolves. And, and I've talked about this a few times. They have the best PR team in the world. Like they are kicking our ass. Like online, just Google the word, the word wolf and then try and find... The first positive hunting thing you come across. Good freaking luck. Yeah, not there. Yeah, 10 to 1. I mean, it's I, I spent hours researching that shit for my episode on wolves. It, it's it's ridiculous. And that's,
1: I guess what the wolf thing that puzzles me is, is we know they're doing it, right? But a lot of the states are being very hush or trying to be hush about the reintroductions. Um, you know, the resident wolves. We have a pack here in California that came from Oregon. I know, I don't know yeah. if Oregon's still hollering, we don't have wolves, but they tracked <laughs> this freaking wolf back and forth over nine years. And yep. now there's a pack here in California.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They, they came, we, we got wolves and and we're actually um, hitting management objectives in a lot of the state and, and then Kate Brown just moved the goalpost. So, you know, it's, That's another political thing. You know, I think, uh, somebody was telling me, uh, I think it was Garrett on the lethal podcast. He was telling me that she attended some sort of pro-wolf event, anti-wolf hunting event. And then literally the next week or two weeks later, she makes a anti-hunting decision. So it's, you know, we're losing It's straight up. We're getting our asses kicked and and arguing about semantics of whether the word hunting industry is dirty or not. You wonder why.
1: (laughs) So And there's a lot of it, man. I mean, you know, on the same and we're on that topic, but on the same podcast, you know, you guys talked about kill and harvest. And I was on with um, Captain James Nash a couple months ago, and he he had the Mm -hmm. same opinion that you guys did that. Let's not let's call it what it is. Right. And it goes along Mm -hmm. the same line. And and what's funny about it, when I heard it, it's for when you go to California, at least when I did it, um, when you take the hunter safety, Mm -hmm. that's what you're told. Is this is a harvest, and again, that's mm-hmm. a political. To me, that's a political thing. I've just always used the term. Um, I know what I'm doing, right? But again, semantics and the po- right. you know the the politics behind it all. Um, that shit is undercover, and I don't know that we realize it when we're sitting here screaming at each other. Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> what right. I mean. I mean, it, it. They are good at what they do, like you said.
2: Hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And speaking about California, I'll be going down to California next month for the first time to
1: hunt. Oh, nice. Where are you going?
2: Um, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, my buddy's the one planning it, but we're going for hogs. And, uh, so I bought my license and my hog tag and, uh, it was like 265 bucks, which I thought it was me way more. Um, but yeah, for, for 265 bucks, I can go out, I can go down there and kill as many hogs as I want. It's somewhere in northern california somewhere uh on on a ranch or something
1: so i'm i'm looking forward to it i've never shot a hog before they they are a blast to hunt man um Hmm. the private land private land is the ticket right i mean they they're hard as hell to hunt on public um they Hmm. are out there um but yeah you're gonna you're gonna enjoy the piss out of that they are really really fun animals to hunt
2: yeah. I'm looking forward to killing them. I think I get two is what I'm allowed. And then um, I'm going to test out the annihilator and the uh, day six uh, broadheads, broadheads while I'm down there nice. on, on, it on hogs. It, hopefully if I get opportunities at them, but yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm actually, you know, I know it sounds, bad. I'm i I'm almost as, as excited about shooting my first hog and eating my first hog as I am about testing out those heads on an animal.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> it's going to be, well, fun, I know it
2: sounds man. bad, but, uh, no, it does but it. Yeah.
1: not at all it's uh but that's part of that whole experience right the the equipment and you know all mm-hmm. our gear and you know getting on that that's all part of that experience
2: yeah yeah i agree i mean it's it's um it's just part of that you know the the annihilator head is so different than anything i've ever shot than anybody's ever shot and so uh you know if it does good on a hog it it says a hell of a lot those things um i used to do 4h with hogs and man those things are just tanks i mean they're, they're little miniature walking tanks. And if you can get a pull passer on a hog or do some serious damage on a hog, that's a good head. That's the, if it stays together and to, you know, performs well, that says some. Yeah.
1: Well, I, uh, yeah, I've had some failures. <laughs> 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 um, so you yeah. did the, you did the podcast at hoodoo with, uh, I forget the gentleman's name with Brandon. Yeah. Uh, Va- yeah. Brandon with Valkyrie and he was, Oh, talking- Brent from Brent yeah, Brent. yeah. There you go. And you guys were talking about the shuttle T's. Well, back in the day, right? I'm yes. not a fan of of mechanicals, um, though I ended up using them years later as they improved um, to mm-hmm. a point. Um, and the shuttle T, man, you know, the, the yeah hog will tear that shuttle T up um, right in the armor plate on a boar. Uh, mm. But yeah, they and they are tough. I mean, tough, tough animals, man. Um, are you still using those? Hell no.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs) i was wondering i'm like "Uh (laughs) uh-huh if if, for me if i have something fail it's a done deal right Uh, i i'm not gonna keep going if something's failing right i mean now that animal's at risk it took me two hours to get back on that pig um and he was he probably would have made it man i mean that arrow was toast that broadhead was toast um yeah But it, it was just one of those things. It's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta track this guy. I gotta get back on him. I did some crazy ass uphill quarter mile run, looped around. <laughs> finally caught up to him. Was up above him and had to put another one in him. Uh,
2: how? Um, so if you like bust a hog, like how far do I have to? How far will they go before they settle back down?
1: You know, it really depends. In my experience, it depends on the amount of pressure that they're getting. Um, mm. When they bust, they'll run, but. They're going to run, I'm going to say 200 yards. Most of the time, they'll loop back around. I've never had one go and then not be able to find it unless I just lost it in in thick brush or something.
2: Oh, that makes me feel better then. Hopefully, yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping to get a couple because uh, it would be nice to do like a pig roast when we get
1: back. Mm-hmm. Eyesight sucks. I mean, that's, in my opinion, that's the plus with them. Their eyesight is freaking horrible. You can get within six or seven yards as long as the wind is right. and they won't Really? Know, yeah, they won't know you're there if you're quiet and you play the wind. Their eyesight is piss poor. I had one, I don't know, I'm going to say it was seven or eight years ago. And I could hear it coming. And uh, I stopped. And I'm hoping that it's a bore. This big sow walks out. Mm-hmm. And uh, she comes within, I'm going to say 17 yards and stops. And uh, she caught me moving a little bit. I was trying to turn to my side. Um, so I'm in position, right, to shoot. And uh, she had no idea, man. She couldn't win me and she knew something was going on. And she's mm. sitting there staring at me. And uh, she uh, didn't catch one until she blew the ground, looked like she was going to charge, trying to figure mm. it all out. But she stared at me. I think we had a, uh, you know how it seems longer, right? A minute. Yeah, yeah. It was probably 20 seconds standoff before that arrow That's went, went frontal crazy. on her.
2: But they yeah. have my buddy. eyesight. Uh, yeah, my buddy grew up over there, and we're going on one of his buddies' ranch. So it's my buddy's buddy's ranch. And um, he's like, his goal, because he shot, you know, you're up shooting them. So his goal is to shoot like a 400 pound bore or something. Score. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he wants like four inch cutters or something like that. He, he, he's, I, you know, I, don't you know, if he could score a bore out, you know, I have no idea. I just want to shoot, you know, a good 150 pound, 200 pound board and be, be done with it. So,
1: um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it, man. That's going to be fun, man. That's a, that's a yeah. fun hunt and your first time. I mean, you can't, you can't yep. beat that first time experience. Well, you know, you, I mean, oh, you know, yeah. hunted Africa. I'm sure that was That was, that was special. Was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was
2: fun. But yeah, it's it's gonna be with the budget bow, too. I'm not sure what the arrow setup's gonna be. I was actually gonna I was actually gonna leave it to the audience on that one and say, okay, I've got four or five different arrows setups. Which one you guys want me to test out? And then kind of leave that up to the audience so I could uh tune it and everything.
1: So let let's talk about that a little bit, man. Mm-hmm. You are <laughs> You're fucking geek with arrows. I mean, there there's no other way for me to describe it and, and try and stay mm-hmm. nice about it. But mm-hmm. you for so I'm going to get an arrow and I'm gonna I'm gonna you know dial that arrow. I'm gonna figure out what I want. You know, heavy mm-hmm. up front. Nah, am I going for speed? Am I going for this durability? But you mm-hmm. will repeat over and over. okay. I'm doing this now. I'm trying this. And that, what is that process in you, man? That that it seems like you cannot stop with the arrows.
2: Oh, Scott's that's a good question. Um, I just, I don't know. There's just so many different combinations. Everybody kind of has their niche, right? I mean, um, some people are in knitting sweaters. I'm into building arrows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I, no, I've, if you went in my room right now, you'd be like, what the <laughs> hell is going on here? I've got... Uh, day six black Eagles. I've got axis injections. I've got, um, defender elites. I, I, I don't know. The list goes on. I've got, I don't even know what else I have in there. I've got FMJs. Um, I, you know, uh, ICS hunters, GT hunters, I've got cheetahs. Uh, I, the list goes on. I've got bow fishing arrows in there that I've been playing with. So, I mean, it's, uh, man, there's just so many different things that you can do to an arrow and I feel like like even playing with like making a franken arrow, like using a black Eagle component system, the focus system onto a axis arrow, um I was playing around with that the other day and just trying to see if I could make it fit, you know, like it's just i i I don't know how to explain it, but um, just geeking out that's I mean that's how just, i every time yeah. I hear
1: a different arrow set, I'm going he's just fucking geeking out, man,
2: yeah, yeah, there's uh the larger you know, and I'm my buddy told me about this. Um, actually, I learned, I learned about it from, uh, from shit, Corey, Corey Miller. And I was asking about him because he sent me some of those Black Eagles Focus um, setups. And, I, you know, the first thing I thought of, I'm like, man, these are pretty similar to an Axis. I'm like, can I put these on an Axis? He's like, actually, you'd have to sand it down a little bit and then use the larger. I'm like, okay, so I can do it. <laughs> so. And, uh, so I, I want to be one of the first guys to kill something with a black eagle component. Actually, that might be what I do. I might order the larger black eagle components. I think I just talked myself into that. So <laughs> There you go. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I really enjoy the, the elk river footers, but, um, it's, it's just always fun to mix it up, man. I, I have never seen anybody kill something with a black eagle component system onto a, uh, the Foco system onto the axis. So that, that'll that be cool. It's kind of, kind of original, but I'm supposed to be doing this budget thing, which, um, I, yeah, well, you said the budget, budget,
1: you said budget bow.
2: <laughs> yeah. Budget bow.
1: Yeah. Somebody will so, give you a shit about it. If the arrow costs uh, $25 well, each Dude, when I put the new strings
2: on there, I had a couple guys that are like, Oh, I'm like, dude, it's, it's you know, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I, it's, it's a maintenance item, you know, like,
1: it's necessity, it's, right? I mean, I don't care if it's budget or not. It, yeah. it is something that is necessity, uh, necessity, and you're going to have to okay. do it, whether it's a twelve hundred dollar bow or if it's a four hundred dollar bow. So yeah, you know, I'm shooting. The, yeah,
2: yeah, I'm shooting the BTX thirty one too, and, and that those things go through strings and cables like no other mother. So it's like, what do you you know, what do you want me to do here, man? It took me two months to go through the factory string. What do you want me to do? You know, like, and that's because the cam was messed up on the top, but you know, it, it, it sped up the, <laughs> the wearing on the string exponentially. Like it only took like 4,000 shots and it was gone. It was, it was toast. Yeah, it was toast. So.
1: So um, that's one of the things that I can't remember ever hearing you touch on much is, is talk. And, and it kind of surprises me uh, mm-hmm. is strings. Cause that's something that I've been looking at more and more, um, mm-hmm. And getting somebody on the podcast so we can understand, you know, strings, why it's important, et cetera, et cetera. Um, have you ever done anything, you know, delving into the strings with that, you know, geeking out or that analytical mind?
2: Yeah, I've got a buddy um, that I I let him do the geeking out for me. He's a string builder. His name's Austin Kincaid from um, High Voltage Bow Strings. And he, you know, he'll use um, shit that's, I probably shouldn't say, it. he'll use shit that's not even out on the market letting me test it. And, um, so like, I don't even know what it's called is like, Hey, I got this thing tested it out. It's supposed to be more durable. It's supposed to be this and that it's going to be smaller or, you know, it's this many strands of this. And, uh, you like, let me know what you think. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I test all that stuff out, but I, and then I give them my feedback, not knowing the actual materials and specs. Um, so I, I, I could, I could hook you up with him and see if he could come on to your show sometime. Actually,
1: that's uh that's funny, dude. So, you know, I told you, I'm, I'm trying to figure that out. So when I was up there at Huda, I was hanging out with all the G4 guys and, and, uh, Freddie with Game Changer and Mm -hmm. Austin is who built Eddie's strings. He has a four Mm -hmm. strand. Um, and I hit Freddie up tonight. I'm like, Hey, what was that dude's name? And he just, he sent me the stuff. So when he said Austin Kincaid, I'm like, Holy shit, that's the same dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does a lot of
2: work for G4. He does all the strings for Chris Dunlap at Elk River. He does all my strings, all my buddy strings. And if anybody, he he's just a good friend of mine. And so, you know, Garrett, Garrett's biased in one area, I guess it's strings because I don't plan on switching strings. I mean, it's just, as I grow, I've sent, you know, plenty of guys over to Austin. And if I can use my platform to benefit a buddy, then yeah, more power to him. So. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm honestly, I'm not very knowledgeable in strings anyways. That's just, that's just an area I haven't dove into, but I don't, you only have to have an Austin as a friend. There you go.
1: Yeah. That makes it easy, man. Exactly. Yeah. I'll, uh, yeah. If you want to say, Hey man, you know, this guy's interested. I have his info, but yeah, it always helps to get a little, uh, a little boost.
2: Yeah. I know. I know when he aired on our, um, since he, I don't, I'm not taking credit for it, but about the same time he came onto the show with Chris, um, he hasn't ran an ad.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> so, not a bad problem to have. <laughs> that's not a bad problem
2: to have. He's been more busy. Uh <laughs> he said, Don't have me on the show for a while because I can't handle it. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that's good. Um, so yeah, I mean it yeah, he's he's I, I wish he could do it full time because the guy does a great job, man. He he uh best customer. Like I he earned my business when I called him at eleven thirty and he picked up. So um and he'll talk, you know, talk your ear off. He'll tell you why he'll help you tune your bow for free. If you put on his string, you go up to a shop, he'll tune your bow for you. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say every time for free, but if you, right. you know, typically if it's an easy tune, he'll do it for you. Oh, that's awesome.
1: But that, and then that's important, man. Um, a guy's, you know, hard earned. I'm not sure what he charges for a string, 150, 200 bucks. Um, oh
2: no, no. Like a hundred and, um, 125 probably on average. Some, some are cheaper. Some are more like the primes are more expensive because they're five piece strings. So, um, at least they were a five piece string when I was shooting my synergy. I don't think anything's changed, but, um, yeah, the E, those are like 150, 175 probably, but you know, like a Hoyt, probably like 125 bucks out the door.
1: That's I'm not guessing. bad at all. Really no, not bad. No. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I want to change this. I need to do it soon though. Well, shit, I may not be able to do it. My deer. Season starts. <laughs> we have archery deer starting here in two weeks, man.
2: God, I got to get down there and, um, you're going to have to, I'll, I'll just invite myself along for one of the future years. You're going to have to show me how to, uh, like early, early deer season, hunt Cause I'm trying to extend my hunting seasons to where they don't interfere with each other. And California is an obvious pick for deer cause it's in July. So, um, you might, you might have me knocking on your door here in a year or two, <laughs> Let's go. Hey,
1: but you know what it is, so we, it's A-Zone, right? And A-Zone is phenomenal, man. There, there is plenty of opportunity. Um, if you are willing to put in the work, you can score really nice bucks. A lot of the stuff you see, you know, is, is small on the smaller side. Um, but it, it California is really a, if you have an opportunity, take that mofo state. Um, really? Sometimes you just have to do it. But you can hit A-Zone. So I want to say A-Zone stops just before Frisco. So for you... you might have a six, seven hour drive, but there's man, a ton of public land in a zone. Um, you got, you know, yeah, it's primarily blacktail, right. So which you're Mm -hmm. used to hunting. Um, but there are areas where you can get into muleys too in it. So it's, it's a phenomenal opportunity, man.
2: Yeah. I was on, uh, I was on go hunt looking at it and, um, I think it was X, some of the X zones and they were all harder and shit to draw. And it was like, is it the A and B zones that are way North?
1: Yeah. Well, Um, so a zone is pretty much, I call it over a third of the state. So it goes from basically the five freeway out to the coast starts just below Frisco and then runs all the way down to the LA Ventura County line. I'm, I'm acting like, you know, where the hell that is. Um, It's south. (laughs) Yeah. It's way (laughs) south. I'm going to say it's probably in the neighborhood of 550 to 600 miles. Jesus. Yeah. I was looking
2: at, yeah, I was looking at the mule deer right off I-5 just south of the border because that'd be the shortest drive for me, and it was like trying to find a tag over there. It was like, I eh, don't know if I'm going to be able to. The draw odds aren't very good um, for the for the zones I was looking at, and so I kind of just gave up. Um, I'll have to have you on the show to talk about Cal- hunt hunting California. Hell yeah, and, uh, let's do it. Cause, yeah, because I've been trying to find somebody to talk about it with, and and um, yeah, now that I know you and and. Yeah, it would be nice to be able to plan a hunt there
1: next year. Yeah, let's do it, man. I mean, and for you like, you know, a couple of years ago the buddies and I we drew, we drew uh zone um which is Shasta, Mount Shasta. I you got to know where that's at mm-hmm. close enough, right? Man, mm-hmm. Shasta's phenomenal. It's beautiful mm-hmm. country. Um it's similar, I'm going to say it's similar to what you have up there in Oregon, you know, on the uh on the east side of the 5 there. Um mm-hmm. there's good opportunity. It's some hard hunting, but it's California hunting. And that's, to me, that's what makes it so, so great. I mean, you have to put in the work, but man, I'm all, I'm all for it, man. If you want to come down here and we can hit it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, that's, um, if I could go, cause I live in Roseburg, it's about two and a half to three hours to the border, probably two and a half hour, probably, yeah, probably two, two hours to the border. And then uh if I could go hunting within another hour or two of there, that'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I
1: I, w- I would think you need I mean if you're if you don't have points, so when you start looking at our draw, especially for non-resident, I would say that you're you're hunting a premium zone maybe every at this point maybe every 5 to 7 years. Um Mhm. Mm-hmm good zone you're probably every 3 to 5 years but then there's the, like i said with a zone and the over counter the uh, over the counter opportunity in a zone um you can hunt that you know every freaking year and and do mm. really good that's my that's one of my go to tags
2: yeah i should find out what zone we're hunting in cuz if we're hunting down there cuz we're going to be over there on the 17th oh, uh, to the 21st yeah maybe i can shoot a deer while i'm down there if i get a deer tag i don't know i have no idea but I'm definitely interested because I, yeah, it's just one extra tag I can go on and it's not that expensive. No,
1: shoot me that, shoot me that later. Um, just text me, you know, where you're going to be and I'll mm-hmm. let you know exactly what zone you're sitting in there. Sweet, dude. Yeah, I'll, I, yeah, we'll work together on that. It'd be nice to go hunting together down there. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. Like I said, a zone would be the best. You don't have any points down here or anything, huh? No, no. Is it too late to buy them? Uh, yeah, our draw, our draw was what? Shit, a month ago. Month and a half oh. ago, something like that. So yeah, that's huh. uh, that's out the window to buy the preference point, unless they've changed something. Um, mm. But I don't. For me, I don't really. I'm not going after draws. I'm. I build my points. If I really have an area that I want to hunt for a few years, I was like, oh, I gotta hunt this area. The problem with it was, is my opportunity for time in the woods got so small that it was like, why did I do this? You know. <laughs> what did I do this for? The season is three weeks. So I'm getting, you know, two weekends in a full week and don't, you know, it, it just, yeah. So for me, I, I go a zone. I got five weeks of archery, another three or four weeks of rifle. If I don't tag out archery mm-hmm. um, and then I go with an either sex tag close to home that runs me from September all the way to December 31st that I can hunt, you know, within an hour of the house three, four times a week if I want to. So for me, it's season extension, um, yeah. Whatever you know, whatever that looks like that year, um, is where I'm at. So the draws, I'm like, ah, forget it. I can go out of state, and uh, if I want big bucks and you know all that good stuff, people are after.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, I, we're we're gonna definitely have to put something together.
1: So one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit, man, is building the platform where we. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to say we tangent it. We didn't. We're just talking. So, help me, help myself. <laughs> what and, and and a lot of it too, right? Is 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 both our listenerships, right? And we talked about it earlier. Is everybody, not everybody, broad stroking, but people were looking for a way in, right? They're mm-hmm. looking to grow themselves, to grow their platforms. Um, mm-hmm. And again, as far as I'm concerned, in the time you've done it, you've been one of the most successful in my eyes at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's oh, I appreciate the, that. What's the golden mm-hmm. rules? Uh, work ethic, uh, grind it. Just
2: uh, honestly, it's just, everybody wants to know the, the shortcut, the, you know, I, I met a kid today. I kid, he's a little bit younger than me. Uh, I probably quite a bit younger than me anyways. Uh, you know, his YouTube channel is blowing up right now. Like he went from zero to over 3000 and from the beginning in the year to now. And so I was like picking his brain today. I'm like, so what are you doing? And it's just work ethic, man. It's just work ethic. You, You can't you can't expect people to buy into you if you're not willing to buy into yourself. So if you're, if you're, if, first of all, if you don't believe in what you're saying, second of all, you actually don't know what you're talking about. And then third, you're just inconsistent. People can't count on you to come out with the content. It's like a TV show. Like how often does a TV show come out on average? Usually once a week, right? Like a brand new episode every week, same time every week. There's a reason because it gets people into the habit and a lot of the algorithms, a lot of the um, you know platforms out there have algorithms that frequency upload frequency uh, is, is a huge factor. YouTube frequency is a factor in the in the uh, algorithm, and it's it's very important that you have a good work ethic. There's a lot of guys nowadays, and I've talked about this before, but there's a lot of guys nowadays that there's there's tons of people nowadays. Like it seems like every person out there wants to get into the hunting industry. There's nothing wrong with that. But saying and doing are two different things. You just can't wish yourself into the hunting industry or whatever you want to call it. You have to <laughs> you have to actually you have to actually work into it. Like you I I I use this analogy, like, you know, 80% of the people are are gonna not do the work and the 20% are the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. But really you have everybody out there, and I and I you could almost use the word everybody and be pretty damn accurate is, is has their own logo, has a hat, has a platform, has a YouTube channel, has a podcast, has an Instagram, a Facebook and a Twitter, and they're all trying to make it work. And, and first of all, the intention has to be there. What's your intention? If it's not for the end user, good luck. If your intention is to go out and make quick money and, and try and get sponsors, hey, no, you can probably do that. Yeah, you could probably do that, but you're not going to make it long term. People are going to see that. You can't be a homie hopper. You can't, you can't be, I call a homie hopper. You can't be a brand sponsor hopper and expect people to take you seriously. If you have one offer that's slightly better than the current offer you have, and then you take it and you do that every five to six months, where's your credibility? Where's your, where's your sense of loyalty? You know, like that doesn't make sense. So, um, a lot of guys, I, I feel like they're short minded and you know, there's a year, there's a three or four years, um, of my life. I spent personal growth, getting lectured, getting mentored, reading books. You know, I read not it's not a lot of books, but I read like probably twenty to twenty two books on business, personal growth, leadership, just trying to grow myself, you know, because uh, I've always heard you have to grow on the inside before you grow on the outside. and 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 so I took that to heart, and I'm like, man, I can have a lot of flaws. Like I need to fix myself, obviously. I'm not a piece of shit, but like there's a lot of things I need to fix if I'm gonna be able to lead, right? And then then, second of all, you have to connect before you can pull. So if you can't connect to people and you're a big asshole, but yet you know what you're talking about, you're not going to pull anybody in your direction. You're not going to have anybody go with you on this movement. So first of all, you have to, there's so many facets to it. And I guess what I'm just trying to say is you have to be real. You can't fake it till you make it. Yeah, actually, at some point, you actually have to actually go on a run to run a mile. Like you have to go out and do the work. Uh, you know, that's one thing I, I, there's an, here's another analogy. Is you know the mountain respects preparation. The mountain's not going to give you a sight or a view unless you're rich and you can helicopter in there. But if you're like me and you're hiking up the mountain, you're going to have to earn every view, every step, every ridge, every opportunity you get. The mountain's just not going to give it to you. There's no escalators on the Strawberry Mountains. There's not. There's just you're going to have to earn it. And so this fake it till you make it thing, I I don't agree with it. And you're going to have to put in the work at some some point or another. You can't not. you, You have to be yourself. Because if you you're constantly trying to be somebody else that you see in the industry that you think's cool or something, that's going to get exhausting. You're you're going to run out of fumes. It's a marathon, not a sprint. And uh, there's just a lot of things, but work ethic is number one, man. And you, and you have to be real. You have to be yourself. And you have to you have to actually know what you're talking about. Unless your show is having people on that know more about you every time, which is cool. That's how Gritty started. No offense to Gritty, but he wasn't the world's best anything at bow hunting. He, he's like, dude, I want to learn, you know, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I want to learn, you know, like that's how he grew his podcast into what it is today. Now he's hunting all over the world. He can tune a bow. He can build an arrow. He, you know, he's much better off than he was today, but he started from the teach me, you know, perspective. So it is doable. Um, and it just takes, it just takes a work ethic and, 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 and a starting line.
1: So, you said one thing that uh, not, I, everything stood out right I'm not saying that but you said one <laughs> word you said yeah. one word to, that trips my freaking trigger man credibility cred of mm. freaking ability there is such a lack of concern when it comes to credibility and and I mm-hmm. always tend to blame shit on social media The the way it's everything is presented <laughs> on social media right it's like okay I can get on and and people don't realize that without that credibility, it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean dick. It doesn't mean anything. And you have to, you have to live with yourself is how I see it. Right. <clears throat> you know what I mean? You have a story or you have this, you know, like you said, this this uh homie hopper. Where mm-hmm. the hell? At the end of the day, you know, you have to live with yourself. You know what you're doing. And there's no uh, I can't imagine that anyone would be okay with that shit within their own head. Right.
2: That stuff goes on. I mean, you just pay attention to hunting shows and how often, and I understand business is business, but how often do hunting shows change sponsors and the ones that have the same ones are probably ones that are going to be around for a while. The ones that one week they have this broadhead, then the next week they have that broadhead, and then two months later they're sporting this camo. Three months later they're sporting that camo. That's short term. That's I don't think that's good business. However, you know business relationships do change. But let's take the born and raised guys for example. They are very loyal. They they don't homie hop. They are with EXO and they're with First Light. They're with Onyx and that you know those are they're with Benchmade, they're with Crispy. How often do you see them changing? You don't, you, you just don't. That's, that's they, they build relationships with the people that work there and then they earn the deal that they want, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty much how it is. And if you're thinking that you're gonna go out and create a bunch of sponsors, I'm sorry, but sponsors don't have to pay you anything anymore. I know I already said that. I found this out the hard way. <laughs> you know, like I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get this many views and then eventually I'm gonna, no. I'm sorry, but it is extremely hard to go out and find somebody, a sponsor nowadays is somebody that gives you a discount or a free product. That's what a sponsor is turned into. So um, you're going to have to go out and make revenue in different areas. If you're wanting to be long-term successful there, in my opinion, unless you're a personality and you're selling yourself, like you can sell your personality, Cameron Haynes, he sells his personality. He's an athlete. He is one of the craziest bow hunters I've ever seen in my life. The guy does some crazy shit. Like he does, he runs freaking marathons almost every day. It's like F that that's not me. (laughs) Um, you know, so he, he sells with in not a negative way. In any way, he sells himself. He that's, he he is the product, right? Um, he's, he's the product that's using the product. And I, I, I think unless you can get to that point, you know, another one is Jim Shockey. He's, he's a, he's a personality, Eva Shockey personality. Um, you know, unless you're one of those people, good luck, you know, good luck. You're going to have to, you're, yeah, sorry, go ahead.
1: No, 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 no problem. I didn't mean to cut you off. I thought you were done, but those guys, those guys, I think were not, I think they were bred a different way in the industry, right? Absolutely bred a different way. That was a time where it was about more about the person than it mm -hmm. was about pushing the latest and greatest how I see it is. As the industry grew and more products became available, it kind of made that switch to where we are today. So you look at, you know, you look at Cam Haines, like you said, Jim Shockey. I mean, those dudes were big because they were going out and getting shit done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Look and- at
2: look at Aaron Snyder. He's the latest and greatest oh, shit. Per, uh, person, personality brand. No. Right. Like he is killing more shit than I have in my, in my whole life, probably in like two years of him hunting with a stick bow. Right. Like he is, he killed two bears with the stick bow the other month or something like that. I saw it on Instagram. It's it's like, okay, Jesus Christ, this guy is a killer. Like, you know, save some for me, bro. Like there's, there's, there's guys like that that can go out and get it done despite what they using, despite what hands they're dealt, they're going to go out and they're going to create an opportunity and get it done. Those are the guys That can go out and get paid like that. And, um, you know, if you have a TV show, then obviously, yeah, you're going to be able to go out and get sponsors because then they're not paying. They're not paying for you. They're paying for the airtime. They're paying for the exposure that your show is bringing to that channel. And so, you know, there's a lot of different ways to make money in the industry. If you're planning on doing it through sponsors, just because you have a YouTube channel, you might rethink what you're doing. So, um, yeah, that's that's just, yeah, man. I mean, and, and, and plus, you know, there goes your credibility. Like, like you alluded to earlier, if I was talking to um, one of my best friends, my best friend, he was just my best man. And actually this weekend I'm his best man at his wedding. Um,
1: oh man. Shit. Ta- I'm sorry, dude. Congratulations. I I, oh. <laughs> I, I, I actually wrote that down yeah. and, oh. <laughs> and thought about it. And I did, man, I apologize. Congratulations, dude. Man.
2: No worries. No worries. Uh, but he was like, you know, how close are you to getting sponsors? And we had this conversation and I told them, you know, like I used to care. I don't give a shit. Like I, I don't care about sponsors anymore. There was a time when I had the, the mindset of, I did this, you're going to pay me this. And here's the exposure I gave you. Where's my money. And that was just the total douchiest wrong mentality. Um, And that was not even that long ago. That was like a year and a half ago. And it was or not, a year ago. And I'm like, you know, like the, we we all, we all learn and we grow as we go. Right. And yeah, so absolutely, man. this has just been part of my journey and, and um, you know, just for in my journey, this is what I've, I've experienced. And and if you do take sponsors, you become biased. If I don't have credibility, I don't have a platform, you know, so it's probably a good thing. They told me to go pound sand. It really, it probably was the best thing they could have done.
1: Which, which kind of surprises me. I hope they're one, I hope they're kicking themselves in the ass. Um, <laughs> because well, they, it,
2: yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That, that's
1: foolish. Right. When, at least for me, when, and like I said, it becomes when I look at the unbiased approach and just the honesty, what, why, why wouldn't someone respect that enough to say, you know what, here's, here's an honest guy that's trying to do it honestly. That, In my head is what needs to be appreciated, not the fact that you're going out there and hyping the shit, but you're using it and you're honest that it means more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I think the what I'm looking forward to now and and what I have in my head is like, you know, when I when I become deserving and when I become a necessity, people will come to me. And I've always heard that in some of the, you know, the John Maxwell books that I read is like when you start moving towards the resources, or you must start moving towards the goal, the goal itself will start becoming magnetic towards you. Like it will start working itself towards you, whether you know it or not, you're, you're, you're making it happen. And obviously it's getting closer because you're moving towards it, but things will start aligning. Things will start making sense when you start making those actions. And, and that goal will start working towards you as well and I I believe that 100% it's happened too many times there's been times when I'm just working away and then hey yeah you want to be on our pro staff hey do you want to be you know this or that or hey this and that it's like no I don't but that's really cool I was trying to get opportunities like this three years ago and you know like I no, I'm not interested but that's really cool like thank you so much
1: yeah it feels yeah like
2: yeah. Like, Hey, why don't you send me a free pair of uh broad or pack of broadheads <laughs> and I'll, I'll give you some exposure. I'll give them to somebody on my channel. How about that? You know, like we can help each other out.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what? Okay. So I'm, I'm, ugh, fuck. Okay. I'm going to take that one right now because I don't want to lose my train of thought, but you said a couple things. Yeah. So helping each other out. Right. And, and, and one of the things that I noticed trying to get this thing rolling is, people are very reluctant to share the space. And when you and I met at Hoodoo, I, I actually just came up to say, hey, Garrett, I'm a fan, right? And when we started talking and it was like, yeah, let's help each other out. And man, that that to me is what it should be, right? But it, guys are, I don't know, are they worried about you taking what they think they have. Cause it's like, you know, what the hell? Like some of the attitudes are just like, ah, you know, it's weird to me. It's kind of off putting. And for me, Mm -hmm. it's like, I just write it off, you know? Okay, bro. You know, you kind of show, that shows me colors. I'm rolling. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm not going to kiss anybody's ass
2: right well you got to be approachable you have to be real that's you know back to me saying you got to be real you got to be yourself and if you're you know if you approach somebody and they're just a douchebag they just showed you everything you need and yeah exactly. You, know? exactly you know and and uh i try and be as reachable and i try to answer as many questions through dms messenger email youtube um you know there's four or five patreon there's Probably five different pop platforms. I'm constantly, literally, on, trying to answer questions within an hour. Like I am on that shit, like white on rice. <laughs> and and when somebody comes up to me in person, and you know they, how do I say this without sound like an arrogant dick? No, just um, say it.
1: We're we're already well, there. <laughs> when somebody, when
2: somebody, yeah, well, when somebody comes up to me, like like who do and 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 I'm the same person <laughs> that I am in my videos or on in messenger or on the podcast, they're like, dude, thank you. I'm like, for what? And they're like, for like being you, like for being who you, you know, who you play, like you are, like, I'm like, dude, I'm me. Like, I don't understand. And I I do understand it because there are people in the industry like that. But at the same time, I could never, never fathom acting something. I'm not right. You know, right. Totally. You know, understand. I, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I, like I'm bigger than I am, that I grow faster than I, than I do. I'm not going to blow smoke up people's asses. I want to be the guy that out, you know, under promises and over delivers. And, and so the, the guys that I think are the biggest in the, in the industry, they do that. And so, you know, you, there there's another tip for somebody wanting to get in the industry. Don't go out and make big ass promises and don't write checks, checks your, ass your ass can't, can't cash. cash. Hell yes. yeah. So yeah, you got to be real, man. You can't just be a dick. And I, I heard about one the other day where it was like, really that guy? And when I talk to guys that are really big and like way bigger than me in the industry or guys that have been around the industry a lot longer, it's funny, like I have to get it out of my system. I'm like, is this guy a dick? Is this guy a dick? Is that guy a douche or is he cool? And, and so I've <laughs> I've got some friends that are in the music industry and um, and <laughs> I've probably spent hours like, is, is Keith Urban a dick? Is is <laughs> this guy an asshole? Like, tell me all about that person. Is is Carrie Underwood really cool? Is she nice? I hope she is. And 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 it's just funny. Like, which ones you think would be cool that aren't? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah.
1: So when I went to the Utah show, you know, I green at the podcast, right? I was like, oh, maybe I can, you know, get in here and and you know maybe record. So I tell you about that. I had my H four with me, and you know nothing. I'm like, eh. I'm going to just check this out. So what I was doing is I was just playing observer, man. I'm trying to learn it. I'm trying to take, you know, take away as much as I can. And uh, not going to say any names. There was a dude that I respected because of the persona that's portrayed. But what I saw, I was like, man, F you, you know, and it wasn't nothing directed towards me or anything. It was what I saw and experienced. And I sat there for about 25, 30 minutes watching it over and over. And I was just like, Oh no, nah, man, no way. And it, it told me a lot, you know? Uh, really? Yeah. It was bad, bro. <laughs> it well, was really well, bad.
2: I mean, let's all t- I mean, the best, best one I can think of and I'll use names cause it, you know, everybody knows about this video It's the Chris Brackett video. The, the one where he's in the, in the blind and I'm, I hope it's Chris Brackett cause I don't want to <laughs> be getting the name wrong here. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure it's, it's the video where he blows up on his camera guy. And it's like, Whoa. Yeah. Like and the, and the camera guy got pissed off enough. He released the footage. <laughs> so rightfully uh, So yeah. And it was like, the guy was just going off on the camera guy for, I forget what he did wrong. It wasn't even that big of a deal. And he's calling them, you know, all sorts of, you know, you fat this and oh, that, that, you know, man. piece of shit. And it's just like, what that, like, how do you get to that point, man? Like, Are you happy? Were you always a dick or were you just born like that?
1: Well, I think I think to a point that people forget that and you said it earlier about how small the hunting demographic is. Right. Numbers wise. Mm -hmm. And you're Mm -hmm. focused on, you know, that that fucking stardom or whatever you want to call it. You lose sight. Dude, you're nothing. You're nothing without the people that are filming you. You're nothing without the people that are asking you to take that picture. You're nothing, right. you know, without those people that are saying, Hey man, I like what you're doing that you're like, Oh, another douchebag. Right. You're, <laughs> you know what I mean? As big as we hold folks up, we are so small and minute that if everybody does not keep a level head, then w- yeah, you're gone.
2: Yeah. I, I, I listen too much to the Joe Rogan podcast. Like you do, man. Like I just think like, Oh man, I'm doing pretty good. I'm all, And then I, i don't know what it is It's it must be some sort of like like I, I just a person sitting on my shoulder and he shovels this thought in my head every time i think i'm cool or every time i think like i'm doing good and he's like but an asteroid would still fuck your shit up I'm like, oh, <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> you know like the universe doesn't give a shit no, no. <laughs> you know like it's it's scale it's 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 it scale really i mean in a hundred years, hopefully people are still looking at my videos. That's all, that's all, you know, that's a legacy, you know, hopefully, you know, in a hundred years, uh, my grandkids hear how awesome of a dad or a hunter I was, you know, like that's, that's what's important, you know? And, and that's, you know, that's scalable. I mean, yeah. And it's true. An asteroid doesn't give a shit who you are.
1: <laughs> Not at all, man. So I'm going to, I'm going to drop us back a few minutes. Um, yeah. And you, you started talking about you know, that you, you had some change within you, right. Went from, and I'm just quoting you, man, went from douchey to kind of realizing like, Hey, what the, what the hell here? Do you, for me, I've seen some personal growth with the podcast, just talking to so many people um, Mm -hmm. and, and hearing so many different stories and, you know, people's struggles, if you will, and how hunting helps it. And I'm, and I'm a, I'm a sucker. I tell you that in hoodoo, I'm a sucker for, what the outdoors can do to us. But I've noticed so much growth in myself with the podcast and talking to these folks. Have you seen the same type of, of growth in yourself? Um, Yeah. Opening and things like that.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I not only like the best thing to do when you're wanting to learn is teach. And that's a huge, you know, I've always heard that thing. If you want to learn something really well, you got to teach it. So um, through, through, through the podcast, getting around guys that, first of all, that I feel are on a next level. Um, and I say this as humble as I can, guys that know more than me, guys that are better than me, guys that consistently kill more shit than I do guys that have dug deeper or done tests that I haven't done. It really shows you that there's more levels and more, more areas that the more you learn, the more you don't know. Right. So I mean, there's such a huge need to learn. And and it's just, it's crazy. Like it's just really pissed on the fire and, and with, with gasoline. It's just, I've, I've grown so much through my podcast, just knowledge wise, but also the people that have reached out to me, sent me pictures. That has probably been the biggest impact is the success stories of guys writing me really cool messages that, you know, I like, I'll ask my wife, like, can I like share that? is like a success story without having it be about me. And she's like, I don't think you could probably work that angle. I'm like, but I want to share how cool of a right. story this is, right. you know, like, but then I'm sharing it. And so it's about me. So it's, you know, there's so many really cool things. There's probably, there's, you know, there's probably eight or 10 I can think of just right now that, um, you know, and guys I've met like Bob Morgan, <clears throat> who, uh, who has been on the podcast a couple of times. And, He's been pretty successful in, in in his day job and he's in a position where he can go out and bless other people. And I put it like that because, you know, me personally, he's done really cool things for, there's, there's a kid that reached out through YouTube who was about a uh, 45 minutes to an hour North of me and about two and a half hours South of Bob. And, um, he reached out to me and wanted tips on shooting. And then, um, he got tore up on elk addicts because people didn't know he was twelve. And so he's asking about elk hunting and and how to hunt and learn to hunt. And these full grown adults are acting like complete dicks to this 12 year old kid. You need to go out and learn how to hunt and put in the time and, and blah, 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 just the things that you see on these forums. And it's like somebody then commented, dude, he's fucking 12 years old. And then the, 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 that thread died immediately. It was like, and so after that, I was like, yeah, absolutely. Come on down. Like if you can have your mom drive you and I will give you private rabbit ears lessons on how to shoot a bow. How I'll teach you everything you want to know. I'll work as hard as you want to on your development. Like, let me know what I can do. And then he reached out to Bob and Bob took him out hunting on his private ranch and long story short, like that's, that's the most rewarding thing for me. Right. And so I get around guys that the bob bob bought him a new bow bought him arrows bought him everything bought him a whole setup and then took him out on a private hunt like Damn. that's the guys i've been able to align with to, yeah to meet align Damn. with um you know the Ch- sage davis chasing moby guys who um i can't even really talk about the project but it was helping out um active duty guys uh on a hunt it's it's pretty cool like we we um were able to participate in this um active duty, uh, hunting program for lack of better terms. And that's really all I can say about it. But the opportunity to do, to do those kind of things, um, with guys that may die uh, in in action two months after you meet them, like that is such an honor. Like it is, that has changed me. I mean, I, uh, I took a picture with these guys and I'm plan I plan on framing it because it was such an honor just to meet these guys. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been life changing for me. It's been, humbling you know meeting guys that know so much more than you it's like god damn it, i'm i'm a chimp i'm an ape compared to this guy like i know nothing <laughs> Right. and uh yeah it's made me a better hunter for sure so i, mean, I know that's a long story long way around answering that question no but, not at all man that's um, know, I love it yeah i i think you know you'll probably if you haven't already run into that you'll probably run into that too man i mean i've Evan Brannick, who's another guy that Bob's done a shit ton for, that uh, I I give advice when I can. He's in a wheelchair and he doesn't let it stop him from hunting uh, very hard places. Like he goes out and and hunts his ass off in a freaking wheelchair. It's like that shit is awesome. He that that motivates the hell out of me. That's that's what I call excuse eliminators, and and I try and get as many excuse excuse eliminators in my life. Uh, You know, Josh Keller, he's an excuse eliminator. He got. Effed up in a uh, from the shoot in the bull podcast got effed up in a workplace accident crushed his body like pretty much literally crushed his body and he was shooting with a mouth tab same thing with uh, her outdoor journey you have uh, you know she was shooting with a mouth tab after a shoulder surgery it's like these guys don't take they don't have excuses they just they go out It'll and they do. get it done yeah yeah do. you know and so that's that's been a big blessing being being friends and and aligning myself with those kind of people or putting myself in the same circles as those people
1: has been a huge blessing. Mm -hmm. And I have a couple of men that, uh, you know, Sidney Smith, um, Tate Hale. I don't know if you know who Tate Hale is, but, uh, look at, look at Tate Hale on, on IG, man. This dude is, Mm. he is next. He's next level. Listen to the podcast. If you listen Mm. to that podcast and you Mm -hmm. don't call me, I I would, (laughs) I would be I'll pay for your tag to come down here. I would be absolutely <laughs> shocked, but you got to be honest about it. Not just call to get the tag. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> this dude, when I recorded with him, right, and you know the process—you record, you edit, you look at your cue, yeah. right—that it went that day. It was like oh, yeah. done, edit. It's going. I'm not waiting. Turn and burn. Yeah, dude. This guy, I, I have chills right now, Garrett. This <laughs> this guy is such a positive. I, I can't even describe them, dude. I, you know, honestly, it's like man crush shit. Tate is a badass. Check him out. That's all I could say. <laughs> I will. I will check that one. Out. What episode is it? I'll write it down. Um, it's Tate Hale. I forget what number it is, man. I'm, you know, I, uh, I, I can count. find it. Yeah. I can find it just with that. Yeah. Okay. He, cool. he yeah, is I'll, I'll check that a out. phenomenal, phenomenal human being, man. That's uh, cool. Yeah. It, and, and what I like, what, what you were saying and I heard in there is that, and I'm big on it, is the service to others right is, is getting in there and being able to help that 12 year old and to help those servicemen or active duty. Um, yeah, that shit is huge. It is huge, yeah. man. And, and
2: this all goes back to intent. You know, I never did that shit. That was all, that was not for Instagram or to go out and say, I did that. Like that's, you have to go out and check, check. Um, cause one of the rules about the, the program is like, you don't talk about names. You don't use pictures. You don't take video. Like they're, these guys you are still, they're high, they're high enough operative people that you can't talk about any of it really. Um, just, you could just be very broad. Like I'm being now, but I mean, like we weren't supposed to go out and brag about what we did or anything, which obviously none of us are going to do, but, um, you know, you gotta, that's, that's part of the thing. Like I felt like, uh, cause and they, they had to say this, like you, because it's happened in the past or something like that like you can't go out and just do it with the wrong intention of hoping to get you know, like insta fame i guess yeah wow. and like hoping to get something in return and um and so yeah me and sage and a few a few other guys that were really cool guys that i i consider really great people and friends now um, I plan on doing it every year and I'm just going to take a, take a photo of whoever I, I get to take out and keep it in an album that no one will ever see because that's something that I'm very proud about. So, um, and I hate even talking about it cause I don't want people to think I'm doing it so I could talk about it and, and say, Hey, look, me, look how good of a person I am. But
1: that's, that's um, twice, that's twice that you have had to err on the side of caution, right? The letters coming in or the, or the messages coming in. And then yeah. in this instance, um, because of some shaming or some shit you know it, it just yeah oh man
2: yeah. i just i am i every week man and i i i get okay so my, my one of my thoughts, i'll tell you right now i get really excited about something and what i want to do is i want to tell people about it right so i and it's not bragging like when i uh shot really good at a shoot i would like call my best friend and my dad and kim i'm like i did this good i placed here and then and then Kim's like, don't go out and tell everybody that because that's going to come off as bragging and people, <laughs> people are going to get pissed off. And she's like, I know you're telling me because you're excited. Like, and so I have to like, when I get really excited about something, one of my first conversations is with, is with Kim and I'm like, and then she's like, okay, yeah, you, you can post that, you know, like that doesn't come off as douchey. Like I, I have a douche check, uh, across <laughs> but so, but that's ridiculous, right? It's I, yeah, I just, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, but it, you know, I get it, it. the world we live in, and, and, and I get it, you know, like I do get excited about things and sometimes it come off, it comes off wrong. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just, it's, just, it's sad. I have to do that, right. yeah. but, um, you know, I'm very conscious of. I don't want to be, you know, come off like a douche in any way, shape or form. So I'm very conscious about it. I have a, um, you know, I have Kim to prevent any of that. She's my, she's my douche filter. She's the checker. huh? She's the checker, man. She's, she, yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it, to me, it's a shame that we have to, that those are proud moments, right? That's all it is, is you being proud that you were able to affect. If it's a guy from IG or your YouTube channel or these active duty guys, you're just mm-hmm. proud of that moment, right? Like, you know, it sounds fucking cliche, you know, let me scream it to, you know, top of the mountain, Mm -hmm. I'm going to scream this shit. It's something to be proud about. And we have to hold that shit in. It's like shooting a small, you know, and I say that because that's how, you know, we just identify shooting a small two by two, right. A forky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to put out out there because of a shaming, but you know what? There was a level of effort. There was a level of preparation in most of those instances. I'm not going to say in everyone, right. You got Dude's doing mm-hmm. all kinds of all sorts of shit, but we can't be proud of stuff because it's going to come off wrong to some Jack leg.
0: That ain't never done <laughs> none of
1: this shit. That's not right. concerned with helping the guy through a platform. That's not concerned with taking that time with that kid to make sure that the, you know, whoever it was that was bashing him, that we didn't lose the future of what we love so much. Right. And not to oh, be yeah. able to be proud of that. Fuck you. Not you, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so offended. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I, bullshit, uh,
2: man. I, I agree. And, and I am not sure if I've ever talked about this before, but um, I have an old disc uh, video disc from when, when your camcorder would record on a disc mm-hmm. thing. And uh, it's the first ever spike or first ever deer I ever killed with a bow. And it's like when you pull it up with your hands from from the horns, like your hands are almost bigger than the horns, mm-hmm. like you can't even see it. And that was my most proud animal. I I literally probably had it ever shot. Um, like I I was just so I went through so many failures that year. First of all, but second of all, it was my first bow kill, and uh, you couldn't tell me that wasn't a trophy. You couldn't tell me that wasn't that wasn't yeah yeah basically yeah. I mean to this day I. I wish I could figure out a way to show it. Cause it would be like, it would be like the ultimate F you to anybody that says otherwise, you know, even if, even if they think they won, it's like, no, this is my, this is my win. This is my something I'm going to look back when I'm 80. Like check, yes. out, check out grandpa's first, first buck with the bow. And they you know, they may laugh, you know, and it, we make fun of it 20 years, 30 or 40 years from now. But you know what? That's, that's where I was at at that time. I I'm still so
1: proud of it. Right. It's crazy that we can't display that without having ridicule, man. Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I'm, I personally don't give a shit if I, if anybody has anything negative to say about it, because I just, I just don't care, (laughs) but you know, there's a lot of people out there that do get, you know, that do get hammered and where I'm at now, I, and, and with our deer populations, I don't believe that we should be shooting spikes, but I don't, judge anybody for doing it. If, if they do. Yeah. Put food on your table, dude. Granted, you know, with a black tail, you're getting like 20 pounds of it, but you know, you know, it, there's a lot more meat on a, on a bigger buck, but you know, I mean, if that's the opportunity you got and you have three kids and then you got one weekend to get it done or whatever scenario, I don't care what scenario it is. Go out and get it done, dude. Like go shoot that
1: spike. I don't care. Well, legally we got to qualify legally, ethically, responsibly. Yeah, <laughs> we don't qualify yes. that there, there's some yes. backlash right uh, yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah i'm saying if you got a spike spike do tag you know go out and kill a toehead i don't care so
1: so it would not be a podcast right and mm-hmm. i know you've talked about it on yours several times and on other podcasts but not to repeat it man stay in yeah. your lane i <laughs> it's not a podcast <laughs> without having garrett weaver talk about that <clears throat> yeah um <laughs> i
2: yeah, I mean you just want me to go over staying in your land. Yeah, I mean, man, I, tell yeah, these I, motherfuckers
1: how it is.
2: <laughs> it's more of a it's more of a rant. But yeah, they know, go like
1: soapbox time, boys.
2: You know, if if uh we just talk about anything. This applies to anything in life, brother. And and if it you know, for me it was it started with um with archery and, and just guys giving other guys tips and saying that you're wrong for doing this, you're wrong for using that, you're wrong for holding your nose here on the string versus here on the string, and you're wrong for anchoring here. Having this draw length, using this, whatever you want to say, it's like, you know what, dude, I killed my first buck with the arrow setup that was cut by somebody I don't even know their name to what length I don't even know. It's probably four inches off my riser with a muzzy three, uh, six for 36 pack with a draw length that was too long and a draw poundage that was too heavy with a bow that sounded like a fucking 22 when it went off. (laughs) It's like, you're telling me I'm wrong, but you haven't killed a deer in four years or five years or six years. But then you know, like, what's your point? It's like stay in your goddamn lane. Like, first of all, first of all, if I am duplicate, here's that. Here's archery in a nutshell, and I say this all the time on the, on the YouTube channel. Archery is duplicate is is being able to duplicate something over no and over and over again. Arch- our accuracy is duplicatability, right? Like, if you do the same thing over and over again, you're going to have the same result. And so if I can anchor this way, which you don't agree with, but yet it's inside the, the actual track of archery, you have multiple lanes along this track. If I'm on that track, who gives a shit if I'm in lane one or seven or eight or nine? Like if I'm, if I'm following the foundational principles of shooting a bow and I'm using a different, I'm using a hinge and you're using a wrist rocket and you're on that lane and you're getting it done and you're and you're consistent and you're accurate and you can duplicate that shot over and over again. Who gives a flying shit what your shot process is if you can shoot a playing card at 60 yards consistently? like I, I, I personally don't care. Now, if you're wanting to get to the next level, then yeah, we're going to have to start critiquing some things here. If you're, if you're two inches off the face and you're not even anchoring and you're still shoot out shooting me, who am I to, to give you, you shit? To, yeah, <laughs> to, to say anything, right? Like, Look at Cameron Haynes. Where in the hell does that come in and good archery foundational principles? I'll tell you right here. It's consistency and duplicate ability. His thumb is behind his head. Name one professional archer that's competitive that does that. You're not going to find one. So, and, and there's a multitude of reasons he probably does that. It's probably because back then you are trying to get a lot of speed. You could draw longer, you, you know, with an overdraw. You could do a lot of sort of different things. And I'm guessing he does that because he's, he lengthened his draw so he could shoot faster because he's a smaller frame guy. He's like me. So there's a reason he's doing that. I, I'm sure there is. I've 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 tried shooting like that just to see what it was about. And I was just fine. I was just accurate. I have I have two buddies in my group that shoot with their thumb behind their heads. Literally because of Cameron Haynes and they shoot just fine. So, you know, that's Cameron Haynes lane. He will outshoot a lot of people out there. I've shot next to him. He's a good shot. And I will stay in my lane shooting whatever I want on that day, because I shoot all sorts of different shit. I, I'm staying in my lane, right? And so I and here's another thing. I you know, I call it putting the blinders on. Like you you talked about um, you know the views and, and and this and that, and it's great to gauge where you're at. I'm not bashing anything here. It's great to gauge where you're at. It's good to know where where you're at compared to other people. But if that starts negative negatively impacting you, um, you know you never want to compare your your beginning to someone else's end. You never want right. to compare yourself your 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 lows to somebody else's highs. But you know, I I don't I I, I care. This is going to sound really bad. I know exactly I care. where you're going. <laughs> I care how, how the Western Con- Contours podcast goes. I, I care because I like you. I like your podcast and I care. I don't care if you have more downloads than me and I don't give a shit if you do better than me. I don't care. Like, I will congratulate you, shake your hand, give you a big hug, be as sincere as I can and, and root you on. I'll be your biggest fucking cheerleader, but I don't care. Like, that. you're... Your somebody else's success doesn't really impact me. Like, like, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't care if this person like that, like that kid who started this year on YouTube, who has over 3000 subscribers, I'm like, dude, it took me two years to get 1000 good fucking job. Like way to kill it. I could either get demotivated by that or I could say, okay, there's obviously room for improvement here. Cause this kid's kicking my ass. So, <laughs> you know, there's, Stay, stay in your lane, figure out what works for you and then go and do it and then try and, and, and to improve upon your system, your setup, your lane. Like that's, I, I don't know how, how other to put it there. Hopefully I'm not rambling on. Hell but, no.
1: That's what I wanted, uh, man. It, it, and yeah. it's so important, at least in my head, right. Is to have people hear this shit over and over and over again, because there's so many motherfuckers trying to cut you off. <laughs> right. with, with. Right bullshit with absolute bullshit. Right. There's a lot to. of, there's a, yeah, go, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I had to go there, man. I, like I said, it wouldn't be a, a podcast with Garrett Weaver if we didn't go stay. <laughs> well, there.
2: well, there's well, I, I appreciate that. And and I you know, honestly just, I, these are just things I think about. I drive a lot for my job. These are just things I think about. You have all these, all these mental hurdles and a lot of them are just ankle high and, and they just focus on the wrong shit. And you know, if you're focusing on this guy, doing something because he's doing better than you or he's doing something or he said something that you don't agree with. Who gives a flying shit? Like, who cares? I, I did a video because here's, here's, if I don't agree with something, like a uh, guy comes out and says, I'm going to shoot a 300 grain arrow out of an 80 pound bow because it's the best setup ever. I'm going to go out and I'm going to go out and create a scenario, a controlled video or a test and I'm going to go out and I'm going to prove guy wrong because guy is going to get somebody hurt shooting less than seven or five grains per pound or seven grains per pound or whatever it is. Like that's not, that's not safe, right? It should be 350 grain arrow for a 70 pound bow. It shouldn't be less than that. That's not safe. So, you're going to risk blowing up your bow. So I'm not going to go out and talk shit about guy. I'm not going to go out and say, well, guy is a piece of shit for saying that I'm going to go out and say, based on the information, based on this, based on this, here's why you shouldn't do that. Or here's why this arrow would be better than that weight, because you're at risk of losing an eyeball. You're going to shoot your eye out, you know? So that's, that's, you know, you just created more content. You just created a very educational video. And then hopefully guy sees that sorry for using you as an example guy sees that yeah guy sees that and he's like hey maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe i do need to change my thinking here hey i didn't know that you know and i'm not calling guy out personally i'm not not saying he's a piece of shit you know i've got videos that i wish i could take back that i uploaded three years ago it's like fuck i i I wish i could have done that video wrong there's one that was like a serving video i'm serving against the the um the twist of the string. I wasn't paying attention. I was just doing a serving video, a how-to on serving, without using any tools. Kind of a cool video, uh, but <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm serving. I'm serving against the uh, basically the the twist of the string, and you're not technically supposed to do that. Right. So, you know. And somebody called me on it. I'm like, man, you know, fuck. You know, should I redo that video? I'm like, no. I'll just put it in the description box. Hopefully, people read it, saying. You're, you know, or whatever. I might not even have done that. I don't know, but the video is still up. You can go see me being an idiot on how to serve a poster, you know, like it's, it, it's a growing process and, and everything. And, and um, you know, it's just a matter of, of not getting tripped up on the bullshit. If you just stay in your lane and that all comes back down to the, where we started work ethic. If you just stay in your lane and you do the work and, and, and you focus on getting better and you focus on your you, audience,
1: you focus on you before Jeff. you focus on Garrett or guy, <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like if you, if I'm, if I'm the last thing you think about when I, when you go to bed, you, you got some fucking no shit going on. Yeah, yeah. Big you time, problem. You got priorities. You don't have enough going on in your life. You've got, yeah, you, you've got some serious issues unless you just got done watching a YouTube video and then you're going to bed or something. You got something going on here. If you are trying to compete or something. <laughs> And, uh, and, and that's why collaborations work. That's why you see the hunting public go with Born and Raised. You see Born and Raised with Hushin. You see Brian Call, Gr- uh, Gritty Bowman, Aaron Snyder. You see you know all these guys hunting together. It's because collaborating works, working together works, not working against each other. It's not a pie that we're all fighting over. If you're creating your own content, you're a baker. You're not worried about not having enough of the pie to share with everybody else. So you know, it's just, it's just a mindset. You got to have the right mindset and you and you just have to go for it. Keep your foot on the gas. Quit looking at what other people are doing. If you can't control it, hear about this. If you can't control it, why, or if you can't, okay, make sure I'm putting this the right way. Cause I don't want it to come out wrong. If you cannot control it, why are you worried about it? If you can't literally do anything about something, then why the hell are you worried about it? That's Period. It, hell yeah. Here. Landed we'll on that.
1: That is actually the best "stay in your fucking lane" that I've heard come out of your mouth, man. <laughs> Hell <laughs> well, yeah! I, I hope it wasn't
2: ranting your soapbox. No, but yeah, you know it doesn't take me much to go off
1: on. Yeah, that. I love. It. Well, that's why I was like, man, I, I I know you just talked about it and you talk about it. I had to have it, man. Had to. Yeah. Fucking have. Well,
2: it. Well, I appreciate the the opportunity. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, uh-huh. uh, I'm gonna spin us a little bit, um. I, and Go we're ahead. both kind of in the same. And I sent you those bullets, man, living with reject and ju- uh, rejection. Uh, yeah. o for o on the draws. Kind of a I've been let down in, in multiple states, man. I got I don't want to say it too loud. My <laughs> wife is outside here. Um I got so much money tied up in uh rejected tags. I'm hoping it hits back real fast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel your pain, man. I struck out and I pretty much struck out in Oregon. I got one tag that it allows me to hunt elk in January, which is with a bow, which is uh not a good, not a good tag. Um, and that's all I drew. that's it was a second choice, and that's that's all I drew. It's like, God, I hope I kill something in September. <laughs> you know, And I struck out in uh, Idaho, even on tags that were easy to draw. um I struck out in Idaho. like the odds were like really good. One of the odds was really good. And The other one was like one in thirty six, but um one of them was like, Like if I was a betting man, I would have put a hundred dollars on the table and, uh, I didn't draw. So, you know, I, am not really worried about it because Oregon is, is a really good opportunity state. Uh, bow hunters get treated with a silver spoon in Oregon. They really do. You can hunt some really high populated units with a bow in September over the counter, You know, about every three to four days, actually it's about every three days in Eastern Oregon, we get a shot at a bull now. Like we, every three days, you know, if it's every fourth day, so be it. But every three days on average, we're getting a shot. And, you know, that's over the counter. Raghorns mostly, um, you know, over the counter stuff. And you can go out and kill Uh, a mule deer or a blacktail or a white tail with a general season tag. You mean you can go out and do that in Oregon. I mean, that's pretty damn cool. And you have a really good odd of killing a buck. It's probably not going to be a monster unless you did the work, but um, you know, I, I'm not really worried about it. I mean, all, I've got six points now for elk one point for deer. My wife drew an antelope tag and by no means did she earn it. She drew it with one point. So um, you know, I told her and she's like, is that good? Hell yes. <laughs> I like, yeah, I was like, well, you know, you're like the luckiest person in the house right now. So yeah, you did pretty good. Most people, it takes like 10, 12 years to get that tag, I think, or something like that, or, or eight to 10 years to get that tag. So you did it with maybe one, I think, I don't know if I put you in for a tag last year. So we'll be doing that in August. And, uh, and then I've got, uh, over the counter, everything
1: else. <laughs> so do you, so, do you hunt, uh, you do any of the, uh, west of the five hunting and the rosies and that nasty ass rainforest, man. Yeah, dude. Um,
2: have you ever done that?
1: No. And it's one of the things that uh, I, you know, so what I was looking at is I'm I'm looking at multiple States this year and I wanted mm-hmm. to get to Oregon, but I'm like, you know what? It doesn't make sense for me to be, you know, Colorado um, and then trying to, you know, shoot across to Oregon. Um, right. So I, I think what I'm going to do, I know what I'm going to do. I got, I was rejected in Wyo and I have a little bit of a, vendetta with with wyoming from last year um so i i put in for the leftover draw because i was rejected in the draw so i'm hoping by july i think it's july 11th that comes down so to go from wyo um into or yeah excuse me colorado into wyoming and then we might do a otc cow coming back through utah to home um and i think what i'll do next year is probably go oregon to idaho Uh, but yeah that that is my draw is hunting west of the five in oregon man
2: but yeah so you're you're going from wyoming to idaho then
1: or well no what i'll do is i'll go from colorado to wyoming if i draw that and then if if wyoming turns me down for a second time we're going to go from colorado to utah and just go with one of the otc cow hunts there
2: oh that'd be sick yeah um I'll be in Idaho with a rifle, hopefully trying to kill a monster mule buck again. Um, I didn't get it done last year because I didn't find one, but we saw plenty of bucks, just nothing I wanted to tag. So um, So that's that's one animal.
1: You're a trophy hunter, huh? Uh, mule deer hunter.
2: (laughs) I don't, I don't, you know, I know it sounds that I'm not going to drive 13 hours to go kill a dink. (laughs) Yeah, I hear you,
1: man. No, I I had to throw that in there because somebody else. No, yeah,
2: I, I straight up, I straight up with, with, uh, with the mule deer. Um, you know, I, I love big mule deer and I've got plenty of meat in the freezer. And the more meat I got, the more picky I get. So, (laughs) um, I, I am definitely interested in, in killing, you know, I just want to kill a 170, you know, well, something you know 170, 180 buck it's not a monster but that's a, that's a pretty damn good
1: buck and it's that's du- a nice buck
2: man yeah you know i've got the one you know i've got a, i've got a few that are that are nice but i've never killed a 170 180 and uh i got you know i just love me they're right up there mule deer hunting with rifles right up there with elk hunting with a bow for me um it's just super special
1: there's so, a there's a lot of guys that are standing right there in that lane with you on that one man
2: yeah. Yeah. And, and so I guess I, I was asking if you, if you'd hunted the, the West side is like, and uh, it's because that's where I shot that bull last year. Um, that was my 17 yard um, shot. And that's about as far as you could see. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. that's <laughs> when I, 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 And I hear that the average shot is under 15 yards for, for most folks in there.
2: Well, um, the, that's, that's a tough one because I've got buddies that they uh, he's, supposed to come onto the podcast he's uh he's an opposite end of the spectrum kind of guy um so you have the short um keep it short range heavy arrow well he's let's shoot 110 yards smoke something through you know um you know at 110 yards with a 400 or 380 grain arrow so he's he's on the opposite end of this he's like on the tim gillingham end of the spectrum for for arrow setups and uh he he shoots him out to 110 yards i mean I, that's going to ruffle a lot of feathers, but I'm excited to get that perspective because he's killed the ball. He's killed the ball. I think 13 years in a row now, um, Roosevelt's Roosevelt's and he's doing it by going into a unit that he knows there's a bowl in stocking within the first opportunity. He thinks he can kill it. And he, if it's a hundred yards and it's broadside, he's going to smoke it. I mean, that's, that's that he's, he's a state champion. He, he's a very, very good archer. We'll put it that way. He's not just some guy that doesn't tell you about his misses. No, he's, 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 he's a ringer. He, he would outshoot nine out of 10 people any day of the week. I, if not more than that, he's very good archer, but his arrow setup is what just surprises the hell out of me. So,
1: um, especially at that distance,
2: man, especially at that distance. And he's saying he's, you know, he's killed bulls, I think out to like 30 or 40 yards and he's, he's gotten through the shoulder with his setup. So, I I am very surprised and shocked, and guys are going to say bullshit on it. Um, but you know, I, I want to hear that perspective. I don't I don't care. You know? Right. Like I, said, I stay in my lane. I want to hear about his lane. Yeah. <laughs> so. I,
1: I'm I'd like to hear that one because that's a uh, that's yeah. impressive. I mean, 110 yard shot. Anyway, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you know mm-hmm. what it takes to get <laughs> there. But to have the yeah. confidence and and most hunters, most guys will not take a shot that they do not believe in. Yeah. So that means yeah. that this dude is picking out a tuft of hair at 110 yards and hitting the mark, <laughs> right? He's, he's, yeah, he's, he's, um you know, he's he's in a hinge. He's,
2: he's got, you know, he's, God damn it. He's a good shot. I mean, I, there's no other way to put it than that. And if that's, you know, to a lot of guys out there, we've already had this conversation on this one. If that's not hunting, I'm sorry. You, you can just not listen to that episode. But the guy is getting, getting it done 13 years in a row, I think now on good bowls. And in in the Oregon coast, and I think that's cool as hell because he's not, he's he's kind of jaded um, against doing it because he's not getting you know the up close bugling your face experience. And he's like I'm robbing myself of that experience, of of elk hunting. But he's like I like filling my tags.
1: Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so I don't know who it is, but sir, you're a badass even though you're not getting <laughs> up and close and personal because that that's yeah that's badass as far as I'm concerned with yeah. string man. Yeah, You know, he's
2: like I said, I, I like hearing all angles, all different perspectives and heavy arrow, light arrow, 16 blade, two blade. I I, I want to hear it. Like, tell me why you think that's the best option out there. Like you tell me why. And I want to hear it and let people make up their own minds, man. I mean, uh, he's it's funny because this year he just bought the this is the first year he's switching setups. He's um he's been going a little heavier each year. Uh, the, but this year is the first year he bought the Valkyrie setup. So he's going heavier this year. So we'll see um, what he does. He's going to Africa um, here soon. So hopefully that, that doesn't give away who it is. But um, yeah, so he's going to be a good guest if I can ever agree him to get on the show. He doesn't post on social media ever. Like he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He just, you want to talk about staying in your lane. This guy stays in his lane. <laughs> he just,
1: he kills shit and flies under the radar. So <laughs> well, he Yeah, again, he'd catch a whole bunch of shit because he's out there. Oh, yeah, at that distance. But I, yes. again, for me, that's badass. Yeah. Well, look at Aaron Snyder. He won't even. He won't even say how far he shot that caribou. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Back when he was using a compound.
1: <laughs> I mean, even well, yeah, that dude is. You know, like you said before. I mean, he's getting it done with that with that trad yeah. setup and uh, yeah, some of and the shots that he's really taken. Holy shit, man. Yeah. I don't even have, I don't even have the balls and I'm going to just say it just like that to mm-hmm. put down my compound and go out there and chase an animal like that at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, I, uh, I'm
2: right there with you. Like I, I've got the chicken shit mentality where it's like, I don't really care about turkeys, so I'll try it with a Turkey. <laughs> you know, I'm not willing to go all in on, on an elk hunt and not bring a compound. I, I like filling my tags too much and, and I don't, I haven't had enough success with the elk in archery to make it even harder on myself. Like I want, um, you know, I've helped friends kill bulls, but for me actually getting shot opportunities and actually killing them, I've, I'm usually behind the bugle. So, you know, it's, it, it's not conducive to killing bulls usually
1: being behind the bugle that often. They can, uh, more power to whoever that gentleman is. I can't wait to uh, hear that episode. (laughs) And I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to uh, hit you up on the reaction to it afterwards. Cause I'm sure, you know, <laughs> feathers are going to be fucking ruffled, man. They're going to be, oh, yeah. off, you know, like, yeah, a fucking- that's yeah. I'll probably be,
2: a, hopefully it'll be a good podcast. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, like I said, I, I just don't give a shit. You know, if, if you know what it's going to do, it's going to create a conversation and that will create, you know, hopefully good ideas, bad ideas and, you know, education on why a heavier arrow typically is better, you know, and, and I believe there's a lot to that. Um, but Tim Gillingham listening to his episode with Aaron Snyder a while back, um, you know, made me think, you know, kind of threw a a cog in my gears and said, you know, like how much pass through do you need? Do you need like 16 feet of pass through? Do you need shoot through the tree behind it pass through or you just want a pass through? Like all that extra energy is technically wasted, and you know, I'm like, okay, I, I can see, I can see that angle. I, I can see that. I understand that. Like, but what if you hit something like a shoulder, are you still getting that pass through? Or are you still getting through? Or what if you, what if you uh, have that off? Like I shot a uh, blacktail through the hip one year. Um, I, and I think he, he churned, uh, and I didn't notice that he churned, um, more quartered away. So I, sh- I shot him right where I thought, you know, cause he was more broadside. So I, sh- I shot him right where I thought I should, but I think he, um, between me knocking my arrow and looking down and then drawing back cause it was still, it wasn't super great daylight. Um, I, I hit him right through the hip and out the back of the rib cage and I'm like, ah, shit, you know, like that's not where I thought I hit that animal like originally. And you know, would a light arrow have gone through the hip and out the rib cage? I don't know. I mean, that was a 72 yard shot. So it, it, granted it's just a black tail. So it's not that impressive for penetration, but still would that have gone through? I don't know. And so. then,
1: But it's things that we should be questioning. Right. And then, yeah, that would, that's why that conversation becomes important. More important. Yeah. Right. We really should be thinking about that stuff when the animal is on the line is how I see it. Yeah.
2: We're going to, we're going to have to get you up here. We'll maybe we'll do like a hunt swap where we can go Rosie hunting for, you know, a, a weekend. And then you can take me down there for a weekend for early, early season blacktail or something.
1: Hell yeah, man. Let's do it. I'm, I'm yeah. in on that, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on my podcast, um, I'm not sure if you've made it to the end of them. I, I do a little spot I call conservation quick. Right. And uh-huh. I always qualify it. It's not to put anybody on the spot, but I appreciate getting other perspectives and understanding how other folks view it, um, and it and it has really opened my eyes and started some dialogues that in things that I've never even thought about. So just a one to two minute spiel, man, on conservation, um, and it, and yes, it is misused and things like that. But what does it mean to you, and what do you think we should be doing to benefit um, those efforts outside of a tag purchase, outside of a license purchase?
2: Well, so what should we be doing? To- do better conservation to better
1: conservation, right? What, what do you, what are the steps? What are the things that you do outside of the box or you're outside of the box thinking um, that, that could benefit that, or just how you view conservation? It, it yeah. Might be so, something, I, you know,
2: honestly, I think conservation at this point is turning into a political battle. And so we need to be more vocal. We need to be more active. We need to be more educated and we need to have our shit together as a hunting community, which we've already gone over. And, and I, I don't know how to put this, but you know, so what I've done is, is on my Facebook the other day, I'm on my personal Facebook page. So it just reaches really mostly local guys is, you know, Hey, here's an ODF and W meeting going over new regulations, which a lot are are really fucking horrible ideas. Um, let's, let's show up and actually give our opinion instead of just bitching about it. Like let's, let's just go. And (laughs) it's at six o'clock in Roseburg, uh, at the backside brewery. If you're a local guy listening to this and in Roseburg, Oregon, And if you don't go, it's kind of like everybody, every election, if you don't vote, you don't bitch. If you don't go, don't bitch. You're not part of the solution. You're part of the problem. And for the, at the local level, you need to be engaged in the decision-making. You just can't go not draw a tag every year or draw a tag every year, not see an animal or have a bad experience or whatever, and then bitch about it. If you're not part of the solution, you know, and my, you know, for example, there's a really bad idea for a spike hunt coming up for rifle season where now we can shoot basically any buck with a visible antler. And the reasons they have for this, I think are pretty fucking retarded. And it's going to also cripple our deer herds even more than they already are due to the lack of bear and cougar management because the loss of using hounds in 1994 the, I mean, I could go through this in, in depth on how this is a stupid idea and I'm inviting people to go to talk about it, or to go and say I'm going to give my time to Garrett, so he can keep rambling on about how all you are a bunch of fucking retards. So, <laughs> you know, like, I'm, I, and I'm going to be very well spoken. I'll be very well put together. I'll be very PC. I'll be very professional. You know, we talk a little bit different on the podcast than we do in person about these. Things when it really matters in a formal hearing, so I'm not going to be a jackass. But you know, we need to be more. We need we need to be the wolf. PR guys, right? We need, we need to be, we need to have our shit together. I is, is conservation is very important. I think the term hunter hunting conservation is also overused. And and I'm going to slap a few guys in the face here. You know, if you're one of these guys that says shoot shovel, shut up, or you have an agenda against an animal, and you want to make something go extinct or you want to kill every single one of them, or you want to gut shoot them or shoot shovel shut up. But then you have hunter conservationist in your profile. You're a fucking idiot. You are. And that's a hard F bomb. I'm sorry. No, no you're no. an idiot. Go you again. God darn it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think we passed that at about minute 15, yeah. man. Um, You know, if i was if i was that 97% meat eater that that is the 85% that doesn't hunt and i'm doing research and i'm looking at this and i'm like huh hunter conservation that sounds really interesting let me go research about hunters and then i go on to a facebook page and then these guys are talking about those whatever animals shouldn't even be here let's kill every single one of those things and by the way screw the government and the anti hunters are idiots huh well Where does conservation meet extinction? Like how does that even, you see what I'm going here? The dots don't connect and we're turning into hypocrites, like you said, and that stuff just does not make sense. Conservation is fighting really bad ideas, like turning a Western Oregon spike season. That is a really bad idea. You know, not managing wolves. That's a really bad idea. Not hunting grizzly bears, which was a completely political based emotional based non scientific based decision in British Columbia and now kids are getting jacked in the streets that's real that shit is happening and that is because we're not we're not voicing our opinions and better yet we're not getting the actual scientific decisions that are being made we're allowing emotion to override facts and that is the biggest, I, I feel the biggest hurdle in conservation right now. And I quit using really hunter conservation at all. And I started using a, uh, a logging term, um, which is basically it's sustainable hunting. And that's what I started using as sustainable hunting where we're hunting into for today's needs without compromising the future to meet their needs. And, that to me is is conservation. That to me is sustainable hunting. And that to me connects a lot more dots for the folks that don't. Wait, you're hunting in a way today that won't compromise the future? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we're trying to better today. So there's more for the future. Oh, well, that's really cool. Hell yeah, it is. Why, why don't you vote no on the anti-hunting bill, my friend? Like, you know, like, let's let's educate, let's have more, better conversations. And I would, I would say avoid Facebook because there's so many bots. There's, there's, just that's just a cesspool. Um, you know, in person, like Aaron Snyder talked about it the other day. Here's an example. He He's a part of this photography camera group or something. And he went to this and there's like hardly any, any hunters there. And there's people that were anti hunters or something like that. And through education and having a good informed opinion and and having an educated conversation, an informed conversation, he was able to turn some of those folks. That right there at this point is conservation because the hunters are doing the work. The hunters are putting the money towards it. The hunters are the ones doing the conservation. What's going on here is now that we're losing our ability to perform that conservation through hunting because of political and emotional issues. That's my opinion.
1: Hell yes. Very well said. I'll just leave it at that. I don't have to say shit behind that, man.
2: (laughs) Well, I would be really interested in hearing, hearing, you know, what, what your, your, what your opinion is on that. Cause I, you know, I, I would love to hear your opinion. I haven't got to ask you hardly any questions. So So there's my, my one question for the uh, podcast.
1: (laughs) So for me, and I'm, I'm probably not going to get as hot as you did for me. No, no, no. I love it. For me, it is in line with yours. We need to see this through, right? The actions we take now that affect, like you said, the future of what I am so passionate about, and it sounds fucking cliche for my kids, for their kids, if they choose to pursue what I love dearly, that's whatever I have to do to preserve that, however I have to be involved in my small way to affect that, opening dialogue, um, you know, going and do trail cleanups, things like that. That's what I'm gonna do. I want to represent this in the best light that I can, and have my positive effect. That that's how I see it. One of the reasons that I asked that question is to get people's thought process or or thoughts broadened, if you will. Um, and and in my opinion, me doing that is a step towards preserving it for the future. Um, mm. I can't see losing what I love in, in this state in California, I can see it going away, man. Um, and it scares the shit out of me. I can see us losing the privilege and that's exactly what it is to go out and chase these animals, be out in nature and conquer myself and notch that tag. Um, I could see it gone. So for me, it's preserving it for the future in any way, shape, or form that I can within my means.
2: Yeah, well, I, I would honestly say that California is probably the most highest at risk state oh, in, in 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 America for losing hunting rights. I mean, I was looking through the regs the other day and just hearing what you guys have to go through with the cougars and stuff, and and just you know, California being California, you guys are absolutely at risk, and you're probably. with the voting oh Oh, god that would be a nightmare yeah Yeah. what i just talked about would be even more important in california
1: yeah i mean it is scary 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 and you think about hunter numbers in california they're they're, it's dismal right i mean we we are like we have to almost be ninjas man if somebody hears you hunt you might as well yeah i don't even want to say what i was going to say (laughs) (laughs) Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah if someone hears you hunt I mean all hell is going to break loose right but again having that conversation and explaining why um and mm-hmm. not just making it about you know the the grip and grin um if you will having right. that conversation's important but these most of these folks don't want to listen to shit man all it's just all emotion it's sheep being led and uh, mm. they just fall in line constantly but yeah I won't I won't go crazy on that. Uh,
2: no, that's that's a great point, and you know, there's so many different, multi, you know, facets and angles to conservation, and and it probably means something to everybody. But you know, the the hunter conservationist is just, I want I don't want to say it's out. It I is. Think it, no, it is. It, it's fucking. It, it is. Yeah, it's outplayed, but I think there's a reason it's outplayed. It's because guys aren't actually putting Doing the
1: yeah, they're out, they have it on their name tag, but they're not, they don't do shit. Right. It's just, it just looks good. That, that goes you know? back to your 80, 20. I mean, yeah. It, it, yeah. As, you know what I mean? If you want to really look at 80, 20 and it, it's probably, it's probably less than that when it comes to actually, and I always say being boots on the ground, whatever your boots on the ground is, I'm going to say mm-hmm. that it's probably less than 80, 20, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's just part of being, it's back, back to, we've done a good job of tying back into what we said before where, you know, it's just part of being real, you know, hashtag. I say this all the time. Hashtag don't be a douche. Mm-hmm. Like just go out. And if you, if you, if you're a hunter conservationist, then go out and be a hunter and a conservationist. Don't just be a hunter. Like, and if you buy a tag and I've said this before on my podcast, if you buy a tag, God dang it, you are a, you are a ambassador. ambassador. And you, you, what you say, it does affect me. And not me personally, like emotionally, I'm not going to go home and stab my goddamn pillow because he told me <laughs> this. No, it's because if you go out and you smart off to the wrong politician or the wrong person, and that person goes in and infects a bunch of other people with that bullshit, that could affect my hunting rights because you just churn too many people against that vote. So, you know, it, it's so sensitive. And, and if you don't believe it can't happen, like I say, I use this all the time. Go look at B.C., Go look at what happened to Oregon in 1994. Go back and look, look what happened at Yellowstone back when they introduced all those wolves. You know, go look at California right now with the cougars. Go, you know, there's so many examples. It's, it's, it's sickening. Look, go look at Florida with the pythons. That's not conservation that shit's out of control. I'm fuck Florida. I am never going to Florida again. <laughs> they got pythons, the size of Volkswagen buses over there, swallowing basketballs, man. I It is scary. I am not going to Florida. Yeah. I don't want to deal with the Unless gators.
1: And then the, now you got the pythons. Yeah, I'm good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the gators and the pythons have like an alien versus predator war and they kill everything. Yeah, I Each don't other. know, man.
1: I'm putting my money on the damn Python, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I'm putting my money. I, you on know, the unless Python. I go there to go tarpon fishing, that's about it. <laughs>
1: yeah, man, that would be cool, yeah. I actually I have family down there and uh you know, the uh the turkey is uh turkey hunting's really good, but going down Ooh. and fishing redfish and snook is uh is freaking phenomenal, man. Phenomenal. That would be sweet. Yeah. That would be sweet. But uh, yeah no offense, Florida, the deers are, uh, and it sounds bad, but the deers are dinks. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> they are the tiniest little body things that, uh, you'll ever see. It's actually surprising, um, to me to see, I, I don't know what it is about, about that strain down there or that, you know, subspecies if it is, um, but they're just the tiniest body.
2: Interesting. It's probably because they're, where they're at first versus the equator and also the climate like it's so humid like you don't need a big body i, I could get geeky on that too i've, I've studied a lot of that shit.
1: i was gonna say actually you're you're 100 percent accurate because as you said it i go i, I remember hearing that mm-hmm. and it, it does have a lot to do with it
2: yeah yeah they don't need yeah i i i'm geeky in so many different little areas every everybody has their own little area of genius you know and and uh, mine mine just happens to be very very narrow <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, but it's bitching, man. And again, that's one of the things that I've appreciated. Um, you know, is that geeking out aspect? Yeah.
2: Well, no, you've, you've, you've come out with your podcast, man, to, to wrap this thing up and, and I want to end it with complimenting you. I mean, you've come out with a hell of a podcast. You did it very professionally, uh, audio, you know, you and I are both audio Nazis. And, um, I say that my h six died about 20 minutes ago, so I'm not sure what we're going to do on my end here. Um, but you know, the, uh, the podcast and, and, and all the way down to the emblems and, and, and everything, it's been very professional, very first top notch. And I think that's extremely important. And I think that shows your attention to detail and your character. I mean, if you didn't give a shit, you would have, you would have had, you know, God knows what is your emblem or whatever. And I'm not saying if you have a shit emblem that you're a piece of shit, but I'm just saying you put the effort in, you're doing the work, you're doing two to three a week. You're, you're, you're doing a good job, man. I and keep that. it up. I'm excited to see where this thing ends up. And I'm, I'm going to be excited to come back in the
1: future when you have, you know, 10,000 downloads every episode. It's going to be cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, man. It means a lot. Uh, you know, it, it sounds like I'm kissing your ass, but it means a lot coming from you. Like I said, I wasn't chasing you, but I was using you to set the standard and looking at what you're doing yeah. um, as an example and, uh, you know, and, and setting my I, I loosely set goals, right? I'm not as goal oriented with it as you are, um, but mm-hmm. I—you definitely were the model for that. So no, that means that means a whole well, hey. hell of a lot, man. Coming from if you. if I
2: need to make a fucking shirt with a bullseye on my back to help you out, let me know. Fucking <laughs> hey, man, you, are,
1: you, you got one rolling now. So I, <laughs> there we go. You know, listening to the podcast and then just talking to you, there's my my mind is just firing like crazy. So yeah, it's big Yeah
2: yeah well hopefully yeah hopefully we can work together more in 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 the future capacities and go hunting together sometime hell
1: yeah absolutely man i'm all in well again man we'll wrap it but yeah i appreciate your time um i appreciate you know your willingness to jump on and work with me and yeah let's uh stay in touch man and keep this thing going all right brother well you have a good rest of the night dude you too man i appreciate you thank you yeah see ya. you can catch up with garrett on instagram at on point with garrett weaver Head over to On Point with Garrett Weaver on your favorite podcast platform. Hit subscribe, leave a review, and hit that five-star rating. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.